thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty number... Th- God damn it. Start again. Welcome to Sporty number 32. My name is Chris... I'm Rich. I'm the melting ice man. Holy hell, with the playoffs. The melting, yeah, melting ice. It's like there's a fucking blow dryer on high, just shooting at you. But number thirty-two, uh, we were just discussing with Jim Brown, Magic Johnson, Sandy Koufax, Shaq, Carmelone, O.J. Simpson. Yeah, <laughs> the Orenthal, the murderer, Kevin McHale, Bill Walton. The Jews, the Jews. <laughs> Christian Leitner in college. You, you got to wonder how much blood was in the penis of that judge in fucking Nevada who got to put OJ in a federal prison. Like, only judge just issue a sentence with just a fucking turgid erection. Gotcha, Jews. But all right, so uh, we are recording a little later, so this bite. Uh, this might not be getting heard till uh, Thursday night, Friday morning ish. We'll do our best, but uh, the day we are recording, it is uh, you know East Coast time. It's about ten o'clock on Wednesday. A uh, baseball Hall of Fame came out tonight, and uh, I mean, welcome to the PED era of the Hall of Fame. I guess I mean because I who got in? Uh, what was it? Bagwell, Pudge, Tim Raines. All right, only thirty-three percent of those guys haven't had uh, PED rumors uh, floating around them. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of a point I made to Earl earlier. Uh, I mean, isn't this just going to kind of be the norm for maybe the next decade if we just look how Major League Baseball played out? Like, aren't these guys just going to end up being kind of like a fact of life? You know, if if we're really if we're going to go and go off stats for the future Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I've said it since I think the very first time we talked about it on Sporgy. We just need to suck it up and just call it the fucking steroid era. I mean, they have the dead ball era. They have the segregation era. They have, the you know, the, the, the pitching era, you know, before they, I think it was after 68 is when they changed the pitching mound and everything just because pitchers were just dominant as motherfucker. And they wanted to give batters more of an advantage. So, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a part of baseball. It's it's a it's a fact. It's not opinion. It's the same as greenies and you know whores, hot dogs, and, and and beer for fucking Babe Ruth. You know, I mean, just suck it up and start putting these guys in. I mean, first of all, it's 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 the Hall of Fame, all right? And you can argue it's not the Hall of who's the most righteous person in their career out there. It's the Hall of you know fame. So were these guys famous? The most famous players, the most well-known players, while they played. I mean, yeah, but well, yeah, but, but that's true, Rich. But at the same time, people are in the Hall of Fame based on their performance on the field, not just based on how popular they are. But that's what I'm saying. What got them popular? Their performance on the field. Understand. And, and if you're gonna and if you're gonna sit there and keep people out because they took steroids. Then you got to go back and you got to start taking people out because they took fucking amphetamines and they were doped up on greenies and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I told, everybody. it's like I told Chris, that's where I have to tell you life's not fair. Just because they didn't check for it back then and you they didn't get caught, you know, the people that got caught cheating, and it is cheating, it's not, it, you can't define it any way other than cheating. They should not be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Okay, well, let's get down to it. Who actually got caught? Who got caught with a dirty fucking test? Who got caught red-handed? If that's the case... Uh, Mandy Ramirez, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. Okay. Uh, There was a lot of them that went to the Congress. Roger Clemens. Okay. uh, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa ever get caught, or did he just get called in front of Congress and all of a sudden lost his English? Right. See, there's a difference there. If you're going to say get caught, then we're talking a very black and white standard we're setting here. So yeah, they technically, never... Pudge never got caught. Exactly. I mean, so Pudge should be a first his, ballot Hall of Famer. His interview, he kind of admitted it. His what is to his only God knows that interview. I mean, I, he didn't admit it, but I mean, put two and two together. I mean, that's some pretty ambiguous language here. Okay, but once again, if you get caught doing it, you shouldn't get in. Pete Rose gambled for fuck's sake, and they still won't let him in. And that's and stupid he, also. He didn't cheat, not even a little bit on the field, to, to enhance his performance. His performance was what it was, and they won't let him in. The argument against Pete Rose is he bet on his own team in baseball. Yeah, here's the deal. He always bet for his own team to win. He never bet against his own team. Right, but because you can't gamble in, on baseball, period, they aren't going to let him in. 
I he's mean, one of the greatest fucking players that played. Look, here's the deal. These rules are arbitrary. These rules are made up on the spot by the people who decide to elect these people into the Hall of Fame. Because if you were a media darling and you were a and and you are a fringe player that maybe, you know, eh, would get into the Hall of Fame. If you were a media darling, you got a better chance of getting in than if you were just an average interview or standoffish to the media. And what the fuck does that have to do with how you perform your performance on the field? This yeah, is one of the with baseball Hall of Fame too. There, that's what's holding back Clemens and Bonds. Is they were kind of deemed they were assholes towards the media, and they juiced. Definitely Bonds. Definitely Bonds. Yeah, but didn't did, did Bagwell get caught? He was another guy who always had that stuff swirling around him. I don't know if he ever got caught or not. Hold on, because uh, was it him and, and Biggio were the killer bees out there in Houston? Right. Uh, hmm. Um, God, really trying to dust off the fucking shit here. Um, I don't know, man. To be honest with you, uh, no, he never got caught. Yeah, I don't see anything about him getting caught. It was initially uh, that he they insinuated that there was a <coughs> there was a conspiracy about Jeff using it, and any evidence was all circumstantial. No, nothing was ever hardcore presented saying that Bagwell ever used. Okay, here's my thing. Earl, you're taking the fucking hardline stance. I don't know if it's just for the sake of the fucking podcast. You really feel this way of. If you cheat, you're not allowed in the, in the Hall of Fame. Then the Hall of Fame needs to be a, co- a conservative number. needs to be by half less populated than it is right now. If we're talking no, baseball. It's not just for the podcast. I full-heartedly believe, and that's in any sport across the board, if you cheat to enhance your performance, no, you, you shouldn't only not be in the Hall of Fame. You should be thrown out of the fucking league, whatever league you're in. But what's cheating? Enhancing your performance through illegal drugs. Making okay. something, making yourself something you're not naturally. Okay, so from just going on steroids, we're going to start maybe in 85 it's to na- 2000. And I'm trying to remember when the last round of people getting really busted was. I mean, when they busted, like, a lot of players. And it was players you're like, they're on steroids? Like, Nook Logan and and, and Fernando Vina. Um, well, okay, that was I probably put, mid-2000s. I so, no one should be in the Hall of Fame then, because not only did Jose Canseco's book cast doubt on every single, and he basically called out almost every single player that he played with for 20 years on any team he was on, but that is, without a doubt, the steroid era, because... According to players who were interviewed in that 30-year period, or 20, excuse me, 20, 20, 20, 25-year period, whatever it was, um, easily 75% of the league was on fucking steroids. So we just need to act like that never happened. That that's from the mid from 85 to 2005 never happened in baseball. And yeah, then we got to go back Lenny, to the, Didn't Lenny nope. Dykstra dish a whole bunch too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But Lenny Dykstra has been proven to be, uh, he likes to, at worst, he likes to embellish. We'll I'll put it that way. He's, he's, if, if he was, if, if he was writing, if he was a protagonist in the book, he'd be an unreliable narrator. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. 
But no, so I mean, it, to be fair, any, because doubt's been cast on everyone that was ever on the team with Jose Canseco. So that means you have the entire Oakland A's, the Texas Rangers, the New York Yankees. I mean, these, the, and, and that's boom right there. Innocent until proven guilty, Rich. If you can prove that so and so used, yes, they should be not allowed in the Hall of Fame and kicked out of the fucking league. All their records or anything they had scrapped. Because it's not them. I put I put the steroid use in baseball or football or whatever in the same category as the people from the Olympics, the bobsledders that put weights at the bottom of their sled to make it go faster. That's cheating. No, I got you. I'm just saying. Right but but if 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 you are the commissioner of baseball, if if Earl the Iceman is the new commissioner of baseball and this is this is this is what you're saying then we're going to go and we're going to clear out a 20-year period and we're going to call it the steroid era and we're just going to leave that wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown blank. And then we're going to work our way backwards and go to the Greeny era, which is from like, what, the 40s? Probably earlier, but that's when they really, when it really started coming out. The 40s when they started taking amphetamines and speed, and which was illegal, but they just you didn't have, have any ways to catch them. That's so rich. They admitted it. What, what what better proof is there than the confession? If you confess, they don't even need to fucking... The cops don't even need to do any work. They just record your confession and take it into court. So I'm going by their own words. So now we're talking from, like, the, what, late 40s, early 50s to probably, probably the late 70s. We got to take everybody out of the fucking Hall of Fame from there. And then, I mean, how what's our definition of cheating? Yeah, and does the league write it's wrong? And the Hall of Fame now starts in 1947. I mean, it, yeah, because if we get into definition of cheating, I mean, uneven playing field. Well, not everybody's playing. I mean, that could be considered. Che- I mean, players and, have no bearing on it, but the league sure did. And the owners, the owners, purposely kept black players out of the league before Jackie Robinson. That was that was not like oh oh that's oh, that was an accident. We didn't realize black players wanted to play. They purposely kept them out. They didn't want them in the league. I mean, so so owners right there, those those own, owners before Branch Rickey, you're you're out. You're out of the Hall of Fame. I mean, how far do we take it? Where is where is the cutoff? Because if you're saying if you get caught, okay, if you got caught and if you if you admitted it, that's even better than getting caught because people have been caught and still stood up and said I'm innocent. Mark McGuire being one of them. I'm not here to talk about the past. Well, what the fuck are you here for, then? And Earl, I don't want to seem like we're teaming up on you. I think or Rich and I, our point is more, you, you seem to get an awful lot of self-righteousness from a league that's got a pretty checkered past when it comes to the uh, the, the PEDs, the steroid area. Okay, and, and you're correct on this. I, and I can't speak for the league, and I can't speak for the people that were prejudiced against black people in the being in the league all i'm saying is for myself if you were caught cheating not only should you not be in the hall of fame you shouldn't be in the fucking league personally that's just me personally i i can't stand somebody cheating if you can't do it then just don't do it and admit it work harder work harder you know that's why we get the millennial era that we do have that's how that shit happened because people wanted to be better they wanted the home run record, so they juice, and they use PEDs, and, and every everybody turns a blind eye, and, well, that's just the PED, PED era now. Yeah, and that's how you get the millennials, because 
You want something you can't obtain, and you don't work for it. What kills me is the people that people that have been caught in baseball, red-handed, dropping dirty on a test. Easily, the majority of them. Well, they were fri- they were fringe to low end baseball players, anyways. What the fuck? It, it's not like they were setting records. So if these guys, like, like I said, Fernando Vina, a journeyman second baseman, why the yeah, fuck? Are you, why the fuck are you Jew? No, no, I'm not arguing with you. Let no, me, no, no, I'm stop, saying. Stop. St- okay, first of all, stop listening to me, waiting to try to win a conversation. What I'm saying is, what the fuck was he juicing for? He didn't do anything worth juicing for. It, it, it's stupid. He he. he he shit on his career to what? It, look, look at his stats. He, he didn't improve anything by juicing. What the fuck was he willing to throw his career away for? Because it was what, the new hotness? Because he'd heard from fucking Conseco that, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to fucking, you're going to get huge and you're going to hit more home runs. Yeah, I mean, if you're a freak of nature like Jose Conseco to start with. All you gotta do is look at Mark McGuire's rookie year. He hit 49 home runs his rookie year. Look and look at his rookie card. He was not the fucking monster he is, he 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 was in later years, and he hit 49 home runs. Granted, he took steroids, then he hit 70. Yeah, yeah, that did something for him. But he started with the ability to hit 49 home runs. What the fuck did Vina start with? Oh, I can make some plays at second. I mean, he didn't. He didn't turn into fucking Ozzie Smith out in the field. That's what I'm saying. What? That's what I don't get. What the fuck were these players thinking was going to help them? Look, I get like HGH because it helps you recover from injuries faster. I understand that, but that that's one aspect of of of, of steroids. That's not what most of those guys were pumping into them. Most of those guys that were cycling weren't thinking, "Oh boy, I'm going to recover from injuries quicker." No, they were thinking, my stats are going to go through the roof, and I'm going to get a bigger fucking contract. And it didn't happen, because they didn't have the natural raw talent to add on top of it. I could take steroids all day. Doesn't mean I'm going to go out and hit fucking 400. That's what I don't get with these fucking players. What the fuck were they thinking? I remember when I was uh, when I was little and into baseball a lot more than I am as an adult, I remember Fernando Vino always thinking, like, hey, what's wrong with that guy's face? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> now we know. That guy's always got skin problems. What's going on? Uh, no, I think I think he probably when he got caught, he was at the beginning of taking it with, like you said, Rich, with the you know the promise from someone like Kaseko that says, "Oh yeah, your stats going through the roof. Your career is going to take off." And he got caught in there when his career. But that's that's the shit I'm talking about. You have people that take the easy road. Some of them it's going to work for, some of it's not. And, I mean, who loses in that? Is it the baseball players? No, it's the fans. I mean, okay, just just to give you an example, okay, players who got caught red-handed, red-handed, taking steroids. Okay, I'm going through, I mean, I, I just, just to give you an example, Alex Sanchez, who? Augustin Montero, Jamal Strong, Juan Racon, okay, First name I actually recognize, Raphael Betancourt, of course, Paul Merrill, okay, Ryan Franklin, Mike Morris, Carlos Alamazar, Yusaki Ikuri, Jason Grimsley, Guillermo Mota, okay, recognize that, Juan Salas, Nafi Perez, Nafi Perez got caught twice. Are you going to I mean, the Mitchell report? I mean, this, okay, and you, finally, I mean, dude, this is by date. That they got caught. You, 
you don't. You get up to 2009, you finally catch Manny Ramirez, all right? Bartolo Colon, 2012. Melky Cabrera, 2012. Ryan Braun, 2013. Johnny Peralta, 2013. I mean, these are guys that were unequivocally, you got caught using performance-enhancing drugs, period. There's, there's that. That's it, all right? And then the list is not as big as you think it is. And honestly... Not too many fucking Hall of Famers on that list. You got Miguel Tejada, Alex Rodriguez. You could make an argument for Manny Ramirez. That's really about it. Braun was heading that way till he Palmero. got caught. And ever since, and ever since Braun got caught, you don't hear his fucking name anymore. Now that he's got to be, now that he's got to be regular and pee clean. Brian yeah. Braun's name does not come up as much as it was three or four years ago. I mean, this 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 is what I'm getting at. This is. Okay, people go, well, uh, if they're caught, for sure, then they, they, then they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. If that's a hard and fast rule, then we have to put Sosa, McGuire. you got to put them in. I'm with they, you. They've I, never been caught. Uh, Canseco was dumb enough to admit it. Clemens was dumb enough to admit it. Uh, uh, his, his buddy, who looks like the fucking Pelican, was, they pitched with him in New York. Uh, admitted it. I can't. Remember. I can never remember his fucking name. I don't know why. I have a dead zone in my brain when it comes to that asshole. I mean, so that that's that's really about it. But I mean, let's let's be honest here. Barry Bonds never got caught. Do you think Barry Bonds never stuck a needle in his fucking ass? Oh, absolutely. Did he never juiced? That's what we just asked you. Oh no, he juiced. Oh yeah, no. It's with his big, huge fucking watermelon head, he absolutely he juiced. It got bigger over time. You look at his fucking rookie card, and you look at his card from the year he retired. The man has two different craniums. Look at his look at his size when he gets struck out by Vaughn in a major league. <laughs> man, is itty bitty. Yeah, like when I was a kid, coming when I was growing up, he was an average sized player. And all of a sudden, I get to an adult, and Barry Bond is this huge, big fucking uh fucking bulky dude. It's like, hmm, really. From what I learned in biology and physiology, that shit don't happen as you get older, unless you get fat, you know. But, I mean, same thing with McGuire. We saw McGuire as an adult. I'm like, really? That's the same dude, huh? All right. Sure, I'll buy it. I'm 21. I'm drunk half the time anyway. What what ever happened to Albert Pujols? Remember him? Yeah, he's sitting he just, out there in... in, in uh... Right, but in the L.A. Right, quietly fading away. Anaheim, excuse me. So my question is, do you think he ever did it? Because when he was in St. Louis, he was keeping up with Sosa and Bonds and McGuire. He's the guy that seems when everyone started going down, getting caught, that he probably cleaned up his act. And it's his, yeah, his performance seems to, uh, you know, maybe 2009, 2010-ish, he could maybe make a, a graph of... People started getting caught. He stops juicing. Hey, yeah, but this this goes this goes right back to what I was saying. <laughs> and by the way, poo holes. Sorry, this goes right back to what I was saying. <laughs> it, it cast it cast doubt on everybody, right? Everybody. I mean, poo holes. Look, yeah, he had a fucking huge early part of his career. By the way, the upswing of his career in St. Louis. St. Louis cut bait with him because hey, look. We're not going to pay you the money that you're demanding because you're not going to be the player you're going to be in fucking five years or that you are in five years. You've peaked. You're on the downside of the fucking top of the mountain. 
here come the fucking Anaheim Angels. We'll pay you. He goes out there and does exactly what he was supposed to do as a player who's peaked, start coming down. And people go, oh, steroids. What proof you got that he, that he did what players do? I mean, it, you can say the same thing about Miggy. Well, he, he's not in triple crown form. Well, of course not. He's on the other side of 30 now. This is what happens with players. Most players don't get better with age. Most players aren't fucking Yamir Yager or fucking Chris Chelios. They can't that play guy, at that high level. They can't play at a high level into their 40s. I mean, it's just not possible. Some players are freaks of nature, and it is possible. Even the great one, Wayne Gretzky, couldn't keep up his fucking pace into his mid-late 30s. It's just it's impossible to do. But now, because of the nature of the sport, because steroids has been rampant in baseball, we all go, steroids? This is what I'm getting at. So if you if you as a fan don't automatically think, oh, well, that's what happens to most people on the, on the downside of 30, they're of their athletic peak. If you don't think that right off the bat, but you think steroids, it's the steroid era. Call it that. Put them in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. If you can't even watch the game as a fan without the, that being the first thing that pops, not not the second, third thing, not the little nagging voice in the back of your mind being the first thing that pops into your head, the sports done it to itself because no one was bitching after the fucking after they lost the season and came back. And what brought players, what, or excuse me, what brought fans back was that home run fucking chase. I mean, dude, that was. If if you weren't around to remember that, they broke into every at-bat for Mark McGuire while he was chasing that record. They broke into primetime television on channels that don't even have the rights to, to baseball. Like, you could be watching Seinfeld, and they preempted Seinfeld for that fucking at-bat for Mark McGuire to see if he was going to break the record. I mean, that's how big of a deal it was. And so, baseball wasn't bitching about that. Baseball wasn't going, oh, look at him. He went from fucking a 200-pound guy to, you know, 250 pounds of solid fucking muscle. And his and his hat sizes went up four sizes. Must be on something. No, they just enjoyed the ratings. Okay, yeah, we're back. We're baseball. We're America's pastime again. Anyways, back to the Hall of Fame. So who got in? You got Pudge, Pudge got Bagwell. Bagwell. There's yep. only three players? Yep. yep. No one else. No, that is correct. No one else well, got enough percentage of the votes. This is why fucking I'm also saying baseball Hall of Fame is turned into a fucking joke, anyways. Yeah, because Kurt Shelley should be in the fucking baseball Hall of Fame, in my opinion, anyway. Because, but because people don't agree with his politics, he'll never be. That's terrible. All right, and I don't agree with his politics. I think Kirk Schilling's a fucking jackass motherfucker that needs a cock shoved down his throat so he can shut the fuck up when he's not on the fucking field and he's not talking about baseball, but he does belong in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, what, you got Ty Cobb in there. You tell me his politics were fucking great? Professional racist. Yeah, like man. Professional, professional grade racism right there. But they were just pitched, uh, back Right, Kirk pitched a... Uh, World Series game with fucking blood coming out of his shoe from his ankle. Yeah, definitely. Went to World Series with two different teams. Give it to him. I mean, it's just baseball Hall of Fame has been a joke, in my opinion, for a long time. Where I lived in upstate New York, I, I, I literally worked two towns over from Cooperstown. I never went to the Baseball Hall of Fame. I was just like, eh, it's a waste of my time and, and, and money. I, I you know, I, I kind of regret it now looking back because 
I'll never probably ever again be in that area of New York because that area in New York is fucking isolated. You don't realize it until you get out there. But, I mean, like Cooperstown does not have a fucking airport. You ain't flying into Cooperstown. You're flying into Syracuse and then driving on the wild to get to Cooperstown. Absolutely. There ain't shit up there but trees. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's just it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. I mean, Dude, Sammy, person- Sammy, Sammy Sosa only got 8% of the vote. <laughs> when personal bias could keep you out of the Hall of Fame, then we're not talking something that's looking at just your raw numbers. And on top of it, the way we look at numbers has changed so much with the, all the metrics and shit that you have people who are getting the vote who aren't voting on the, based on the same criteria of the old you know, the old guard who's still voting on batting average and, and RBIs and OPS and et cetera, et cetera. So. No, I mean, the, the people on this list that uh, Chris and I were talking about, they got to get them in. I mean, they, l- listen, Rich, the people that are on this uh, ballot that didn't get in, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, Edgar Martinez, obviously there's Clemens and Bonds, uh, Mike Messina, Kurt Schilling, I don't know who Lee Smith is. Manny Ramirez is in there. Uh, Larry Walker didn't get in. Fred McGriff. Jeff Kent. Didn't, come on, man. Gary Sheffield. Billy Wagner and at the bottom of Sammy Sosa. Get the hell out of here. Well, I mean, I'll throw one at you that as, as three people from Detroit, we should be pissed about. There's not one player from the 1984 Tigers that is in the Hall of Fame. And what? Really? No, there's not one. No way. Nope. nope. Wow. Nope, nope, nope. The only the only the other person from that year who wore a Tigers uniform is in the Hall of Fame is Sparky Anderson. And he's in as a fucking Cincinnati Red as the manager. That's wow. it. Wow. So that means you got nope. Jack Morris. You got you got the Willie Hernandez. You got Jack Morris, you got uh uh I can go around. Lou Whitaker. Lou Whitaker. Alan Trammell. Alan Trammell. Chet Lemon. Brookins. Yeah. Alan Trammell. Parrish. Alan Trammell, whose numbers are better than Ozzie Smith's. Oh, not the greatest shortstops ever. Okay. Not in the Hall of Fame. Jack Morris, who pitched, what, 10 innings to win it to, to in the deciding game of a World Series game? For the Minnesota Twins, on top of what he did in Detroit, not Smoke in. Jack Morris, motherfuckers, <laughs> fast man. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's just it's 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 part. It's a percentage of it's a popularity contest. Percentage of it is who gave the the best interviews. A percentage of it is does your politics align with the politics of the time of the people voting? And then a small percentage is your performance on the field. Basically, your performance on the field is what gets you in the door for the interview. That's your resume, okay? Because you got to look at it this way. Every baseball player submits their resume to the Hall of Fame, and 90, just to throw numbers out of our ass, let's say 99% of them get fucking thrown in the do not bother pile. And then the ones that they're looking at, they go, okay, call these guys in for the interview. And then, oh, well, this guy was standoffish with the press. Okay, well, he's in the we'll wait and see list. Well, this guy, you know, there was rumors about fucking... PED use, but we never caught him. Okay, we'll put him in the wait and see pile. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, this guy. 
according to classic stats, he should be in, but according to Saber metrics, he's not that great of a player. Okay, we'll put him in the wait and see. It's ridiculous. It's a fucking joke, man. It's a joke. So that's why that's why I Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of the greatest players ever, because if it was, players would would would, would already be in. It's not the Hall of greatest careers, greatest performances ever, because like we said, Alan Trammell would be in, Jack Morris would be in, Kirk Gibson would be in for his for his two home runs in the World Series period. For 84 and 88. So, uh, I don't know. Talk well, about yeah, it. I didn't think about that, too. Gibby isn't in there either. Wow. Right. You can, and, you can make, okay, you can make so. an argument as his career as a whole. He really doesn't deserve to be in there. He doesn't have the numbers to go with a lot of other players. But if we're just going by pure classic baseball moments, come on, man. He, he There needs to be something. It needs to be acknowledged in, so, in some way. I mean, his, it, you know, his home run off Goose Gossage, and his home run in the 88 World Series off of Dennis Eckersley. Those two moments, I haven't been to the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, I guarantee you somewhere in that fucking building, at least the 88 moment is being shown. But he the ain't in there. The fist pump, dude, the fist pump. Everybody yeah, could, knows it. Everybody. He could barely make it around the bases. And people forget this. He was MVP that year for the entire season for the Dodgers. Like, Go back and go back and look at documentaries about that. Not just that game, not just that at bat, about that season with the Dodgers. He was one of the reasons the Dodgers were even there. And the Dodgers were not favored to win that World Series. The Oakland A's were poised to become a new dynasty in baseball, and they only ended up winning one World Series out of that entire fucking window that they they had. And like I said, to me it's it's a baseball hall of fame is something I guess if I if I had a son who was really into baseball or a daughter who was really into baseball, and for whatever reason, I was up in that godforsaken area of New York, and they wanted to go, okay, let's go, or you know, something like that. But ultimately, it's, it's, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather spend the money I'm going to spend going there to go, to go to an actual baseball game. That's just me. Actually go to Yankee Stadium, buy a ticket. I, I, I think it's good to say, though, not all Hall of Fames are that way. A football Hall of Fame puts everybody in that deserves to be in anyway. Football Hall of Fame don't care how what you get on your fucking criminal record. They'll put you in if you have the, the stats to put you in. That's it. And OJ's in that bitch, right? Yes, he is. And they didn't kick him out, right? No, they did not. Ray Lewis will be in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Michael yeah. Irvin's in there. Michael Irvin is in there. I mean... You know, you. I would like to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame before I, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil. But if it's something, if it doesn't happen, it's not that big of a deal. But you know, the Hockey Hall of Fame, they put in players pretty much deserve to be there. Now, granted, I, I don't, I don't know about on the Canadian side of the hockey fans about if, if politics keeps people out. But if that was the case, then people like Don Cherry would not be in the Hall of Fame. Wouldn't be anywhere near it. <laughs> exactly. There would be no mention of the man anywhere near that building. All right? Because there's an example of a guy who I like his commentary. I like his opinions on on the style of hockey that he wants to see out there. Don't really like his political opinions, but I can separate the two. I'm able to do that. And so can he. So, I don't know. Baseball. Dress it I'll give him that one. <laughs> baseball. In my opinion, baseball created this monster. It's their problem. And they're choosing not to deal with it 
which is how they choose to deal with it. You know, to quote Rush, just because you choose not to choose doesn't mean you haven't made a choice. Real simple. I mean, they can act like, oh, it's crazy. We don't know. You know, this is the reason they're not in. But it's it's a bunch of arbitrary bullshit reasons. You didn't like someone on a personal level. That's not a reason to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. You don't like someone's politics because of how they voted. It's not a reason to keep them out of the Hall of Fame. It's just not. I mean, I'd even go so far, and I'm no fan of OJ, but I'd go so far as to say OJ does belong in the Football Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Did At any point in his career on the field, did he kill anybody? Nope. Well, then only defenses. Fuck? Exactly. That's the only thing he murdered So on the field. So what the fuck does what he did off the field got to do with any of that? I totally agree. Especially since it was after his playing days. He was cutting left and cutting right. But he wasn't cutting next. <laughs> you guys are terrible. That'd be 20 years later. <laughs> Neck cutter. <laughs> maybe, 20, maybe 25, depending on you know, what you're talking about. But, okay, so we we beat the Hall of Fame to death. For By the way, half I, just, an hour. I just want to say, I, I'm actually shocked Pudge made it in. I really am. Uh, not me. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I, I th- when I heard it, I was stunned. But then I thought about it. No, he, he, he won with the Marlins, won a championship, and he was one of the best defensive catchers in the game ever. Like, if you tried to even think about stealing, you were out. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he, and I remember him being a workhorse here, too. I mean, it's probably where Alex Avila learned uh, to, to be a workhorse. It was watching Pudge. So I remember he just game after game after game, and even when his knees were going, he still managed to fucking do it. And people tend to forget that, you know, he pretty much punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame, not with the Marlins, not with the Tigers, not with his little last stint with the fucking, with, uh, or his little short stint with uh, the Yankees, but with the Texas Rangers. You know, and people, well, he didn't win shit in Texas. No one won shit in Texas, not even A-Rod. So... I mean, to me, he's always been a Hall of Famer. And, you know, when his career started hitting the twilight of his career, I was like, okay, Pudge is, a, to me, Hall of Famer. If I, have, if I had a vote, which I don't, first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. That's another thing about baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, you have to be real special player to get first ballot Hall of Fame. Shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? You're going to keep someone out on their first year of eligibility just because that's tradition? That's ridiculous. But to me, if I, if I had to vote first year he is eligible, he's going in. But I'm just shocked knowing how Hall of Fame voters vote that he's actually in this year. I figured they'd make him dance for his fucking supper for a, f- a few years. Really shocked Bagwell's in. I mean, that's I just didn't think Bagwell would ever be in. One, I mean, we're probably on the dawn of a new Hall of Fame era, quite honestly. Because it, what are they just gonna? Do? What are they gonna do? Not elect anyone for like the next five to ten years? I guess you're gonna see a lot of players who are considered borderline going in. Oh, is this where Brandon what? Inch gets into the Hall of Fame? Never in a well, million years. That's just it, though, <laughs> you know. Verlander's borderline. How are you not going to allow Barry Bonds or, you know, them in? You have to. You have to. They were never, quote-unquote, caught. Yeah, Roger Clemens was admitted it and all that good shit, but, I mean, Manny Ramirez, yeah. But, you know, just like you guys said, who are they going to nominate? Who was good enough? 
I mean, I'm really sitting here trying to think. Okay, so Bobby Higginson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you laugh, but that motherfucker had a cannon for an arm. Travis Ryman. <laughs> Matt Noakes. Matt Noakes. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> Catcher of the year. Come on now, stop. Uh, I, <laughs> he's gonna find that mute button. I swear to God, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, because like at this point, we're talking players who probably were at their peak mid '90s to early 2000s. So, yeah, like so the next decade, maybe a decade and a half. Yeah, you're gonna have it's. It, PEDs are going to be floating around. I mean, okay. there's no way around it. Chipper Jones, does he get in? He never, as far as I know, he never got he never got jammed up with any steroid accusations. But I mean, does his numbers get him in? I mean, because that's the thing. If 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 they're going just by rumors swirling around players, then automatically the the top players of this era you can take out of putting them in the Hall of Fame. If they're just going by, well, if there's rumors about swirling around them, we don't want them in. So now you've got to go on the second tier of players. Second tier of players cl- traditionally wouldn't have the numbers to even be looked at to be in the Hall of Fame. So, well, you know, where are, we, where, where, are we, where are we going from here type thing? Well, I just checked, and Randy Johnson was inducted last year on his first year of eligibility. Yeah, I remember that. Because I was going to say, you can't keep that redneck bastard out. The big unit, get out of here. Oh, you know he's in. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, that guy. You guys ever see the time he hit the bird? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's even people who don't even, people who couldn't tell you what teams he pitched for have seen that. <laughs> but, all right, well, are, 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 have, have we given this barely legitimate institution called the Baseball Hall of Fame. Enough free press for the day. I think oh, yeah, so. They, they probably got a good 40 to 45 out of us. All right. So should we, should we move on to the real sports? <laughs> ah, or at least it, as far as what's going on right now. I mean, you know, let's talk, you know, for, before we get the NFL, let's talk about uh, the, the video I sent you guys of uh, – the gentleman who removed the other gentleman's helmet and started beating him with it. <laughs> dude, hold on a I second. I found it's, that hilarious. Okay, you might want to edit this out, but I didn't realize that was a video, so hold on a sec. I want to actually watch this video. <laughs> <laughs> the new era of NHL. <laughs> Wait a minute, you, you said it was a video? It's in the, it's in the story. It's, you have to click on the story. And it's in the uh, first thing in the story. There's a video of it. Okay. Uh, oh. Yep, here we go. All right. Hockeyfights.com. You can always find a video of any fight you need. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. I guess he's not. We'll never find the mute button. Chris, that's not the mute button, dude. The hotel Wi-Fi keeps dropping me. There, I shut it off so that doesn't keep happening. And apparently, it's just a highlight reel in this uh, video that I sent you. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the still with it is fucking awesome. Who is it? I'm, I'm watching. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
says Chris Kreider find five okay. K for hitting Please. Eakin with helmet. All right, so the story is, yeah, okay. Eakin ran, uh, what was it, Lundquist? Yeah, but we that was what that was two or three weeks ago. We were watching that, maybe even a month. Yeah, yeah, he, he ran Lundquist. Him. He ran Lundquist when Lundquist came out from behind the or went behind the uh, net to play the puck, and we talked about it. And pretty much, you had a bunch of Rangers on the ice with their hands up in the air and the what. What look on their face, waiting for a call, and I and I think we could, we were all in, in agreement agreement that uh we were all kind of like why the fuck are they not beating the shit out of this guy right now? Yeah, we talked a little shit about uh, the the Rangers defenseman. So fast forward to the game on the seventeenth the other night, and Chris Kreider decided to take it upon himself, I guess, to extract some vengeance because. You can count on three things in life having a very long, long memory, and that's elephants, hockey players, and pizza delivery guys. So they dropped the gloves. Don't forget the ladies. The ladies remember everything. That's true also. They remember shit that don't even happen. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I just watched the fight. Now, granted, uh, and this is uh, a little, bear with me while I say this. More and more, I'm noticing that certain broadcasts, they don't go with the best camera view of fights. And the conspiracy theorist in me is like, okay, why not? Used to be that the minute a fight broke out, they got the, you know, you could see them up in the, you know, up in the production booth going, you know, take camera four because it's the best fucking shot of it. This was a shot. I mean, it was literally, it was over the glass, a low shot. And I watched basically a lot of people's back of their heads standing up as I saw Eakin and Kreider's heads bob up and down on the ice. That's all. Well, I mean, by the best shot. Should, of the, oh, I'm sorry, this probably comes from the top. You know, that's probably coming from you know uh, warm and fuzzy, shiny, happy people. Gary Bettman. You know, let's let's not try. Let's not glorify the violence. Oh, let's not promote a, the fights. Got a better angle. To- and okay. Got a better angle, and it's a raw. It's a raw feed. Someone released it, which is interesting. I'm wondering if they Facebook like, Live it. No, no, it's it's like it's a raw feed from Fox Sports with no commentary. So I'm wondering if someone's released that like on purpose. Is anyway, he asking him why is he hitting himself? I have to know if he asked him that when he was doing <laughs> that with it. No, I, I didn't. I didn't hear that. Here, I'll send you the video, and you can. This is about the cl- the, the clearest video I found of it. And the reason I'm sending it and I want you to watch it is because I'm going to point something out. So, yeah, let me know, know what you guys are done. He only hit him one time with the damn helmet. Exactly. He pulled the helmet off him. And, okay, dude, you pull a helmet off somebody that's got a strap on it, okay? You're telling me that that, that what you can see clearly, he pulls the, the helmet off him. him. He's got the strap on it. It's caught up in his hand. He punches Eakin, and then flicks it off his hand and goes back to punching him. Yeah, I mean, it's, I had it on mute the whole time, so all my commentary was gone. But no, that's, yeah, it just looks like he, he was, it came off, and it just kind of, it, momentum was pretty much the culprit here as far as just it, it went with his hand, and it's, you know, as soon as, and then it kept moving forward after he punched him. It, it wasn't like he wanted to hit him with the helmet. It, he wanted to hit him, whether the helmet was on his hand or not. Ah, oh, boo! I was so, uh, 
<laughs> I, I was hoping he actually pulled it off and just started beating the guy with it. That would have been hilarious. So this, to me, stinks. Damn uh, it, Internet. This, to me, stinks of, well, I mean, dude, it's it's the agenda that's that's pushing the narrative here. They want to make it seem like he brutalized this, this you know, that they cried or brutalized Eakin with his own helmet. That's not what happened. But if you just read the headlines and you don't have a video to watch, a clear video of the fight, like the one I found, that's what you're going to think's happened. Oh, my God, you know. It, dude, he ripped a guy's helmet off and beat him with his own helmet. No, that's not what happened. But that's the agenda. That's that's the narrative that the NHL wants to push because they have their agenda. I thought to it was me, way cooler when we thought that was happening. To me, with this thing, I, I think that fine was, oh, you went after him for something that happened X amount of weeks ago? Well, that's nice. We're going to find a way to fucking punish you for doing it. And that was just the perfect excuse because I've literally seen fights where guys have, I mean, it, well, <laughs> your elbow pads slide down. I've, how many how many prober fights or fights from back in the day have we seen, Earl, where guys, you know, elbow pads have slide, you know, slid down and they're throwing punches, and the guy's getting hit not only with the guy's fist, but with the guy's elbow pads. Right, and then he slings it off and continues. Yeah, exactly. You know, but the guy might catch you know two, three, four punches with with a fist and an elbow pad. That no one, there was no headline saying beats him with you know with his body armor, which is how it would be presented today. Right, but only the new era fan would believe that. The other people are going, he got his ass whipped for running into the goalie. Stop it. Helmet or no helmet, he got his ass whipped. Yeah, that was that was delayed gratification on the Rangers' part. Well, you know, it's funny having read uh, Probert and McCarty's biographies. Both of them had epic fights that were set up way, way, way before they happened. With Probert, it was with Domi. This is when the Red Wings. Mm -hmm. This is when the Red Wings were still in the West. Domi was an up and coming, tough guy with the Rangers. And the Red Wings only played the Rangers twice that season. Once at the beginning and once near the end. And the first fight, Domi got the the, the best of Probert and skated off doing the championship belt. And, and that is one of my top three fights of Probert ever. I was just going to say that one. And and, and and whirling his finger in the air, you know, the number one finger and skating off and showboating like he's got the championship belt. And... It was literally almost a full hockey season between when that fight happened and the rematch happened. And I've heard this, this story both from Probert's autobiography and then from Domi in interviews and uh, articles. Before that game, they pulled them both into the commissioner's office, and he said, I will suspend you guys for the rest of your lives if you fight when you guys meet up again. And they were both sitting in the office, and they just kind of looked at each other, and they are like, Okay, and they left. Game day came. They're on the ice, and Domi's sitting there, and he's looking at Probert, and he's like, "Come on, man, are we gonna go? Are we gonna go?" And Probert's like, "Didn't you hear what he said?" Domi was like, "I don't care." Probert was like, "Fuck it!" Boom, right off the face off. Yep, start beating <laughs> the dog shit out of each other. Now the other one is, of course, the McCarty infamous turtling. You know, and that was for retaliation of of uh, a hit on Draper from Claude Lemieux in the playoffs the year before. <laughs> so, I mean, that was an even longer period of time between the, the, the incident that caused it and the retaliation. And there was... McCarty didn't go in, in, in as into detail as Probert did about the, the, you know, 
threats from the league, but it was heavily insinuated that McCarty would be severely punished if he there was any retaliation to Claude Lemieux for that hit. And <laughs> there was severe retaliation. I mean, no. really, at one point, at one point, when when Lemieux turtled, he drug him over to the boards and started pounding his heads off, off or, yeah, his head off the boards. Basically, tell him get up, you fucking bitch, fight, you know, and he wouldn't do it. So <laughs> the fact that the man couldn't walk off the ice, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like uh, it was like that old kosher Jim Kite fight where he hit Jim Kite so hard, Jim Kite's fucking hearing aid went flying off across the ice, <laughs> and Kite hits the ice, and they and they, you know they skate uh, kosher to the fucking to the penalty box. Kite gets up takes about three strides and it just collapses like fucking, like, like, looking like looking like World Trade Center Building 7 just boom straight down man. damn <laughs> I was like god damn he hits you so hard he fucked your hearing aid up and you couldn't fucking get off on your own power <laughs> where the fuck was Chris Tucker when we needed him the most <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out <laughs> oh but anyways what I'm getting at is that you know it, these are both incidences that fans wanted to see. That the players were like, "Look, you have to pay for the bullshit you pulled. That's all there is to it. You cannot. We cannot let them get away with this." And the league tried to step in and say, "Look, we're going to fucking, we're going to suspend you. We're going to dig up your dead granny and fucking throw her in a penalty box. We're going to take your firstborn." And where all the players involved were like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, "Okay, yeah, got it. We're going to take yep. a screenshot and send it to your mom." Yeah, exactly. And all the players were like, mm-hmm, got it, yeah, yeah. And they went and did what they were going to fucking do anyways, because that's the game. So I, 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 the conspiracy theorist in me is wondering if there was a mandate handed down to the Rangers that Eakin was to be, like, sure, you want to you get some good clean checks on him, that's fine, but there will be no retaliation, because that is not beating someone in their head with their helmet. That is not that. I mean, it's just, come on now. I'm, I was expecting, like, some level of uh, Happy Gilmore yeah. takes a skate off and tries to stab the guy with it. You know, the way I they made it I am highly disappointed. Hey, ESPN, knock it off your fake news. All I saw was the screenshot. Yeah, all I saw was the screenshot and the headline. I was like, that shit is funny as hell. And then, yeah, they see it. It's like, oh, no, dude's helmet fell off. Come on. Yeah, I got caught up in the guy's fucking... Guy's punching hand, and he got caught with it one time before the guy shook it loose. I mean, if he really wanted to hold on to that helmet and beat the guy with it, he could have. He that didn't. He awesome. shook it loose, kind of like McCarty did with the fucking cloth of me. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I gotta say, man, here in Detroit, they might as well make that like a like like Punchy Day, like like, like P U N C H. Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is like a uh, unofficial holiday here in Detroit because, and I, you know, I may or may not <clears throat> every year when that date rolls around post the video of that game, you know, but I know that if I've done it, I'm not the only one. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's 21 years on it, the, the, the anniversary of it's coming up here and, and we'll see. I don't know. We'll see if, if if social media does exactly what it's been doing for the last 15 years when it comes to that game. Is that the <laughs> same game that Wah skated out against uh, Osgood? No, that was the next year. No, that was Juan Vernon. 
That was Juan Vernon. What happened was is, is McCarty went after Lemieux. Juan started skating out, and that's when Shanahan comes Superman that hoed across the ice. <laughs> Not my boy! <laughs> exactly, before Juan could get in there. And then Shandy got pulled off, I think, by Deadmarsh. And then that's when Vernon came out and whipped the shit out of Wah. And Wah has everything on Vernon. Size, as far as height and weight. You know, tenacity, if you really want to get down to it. As far as just being a, a curmudgeonly cocksucker. Which is something I, I kind of wanted to get into. And I guess we can transition here in a minute. But, yeah, Vernon fucked his world up. <laughs> Osgood basically held his own against Wah next the, the next season. Vernon fucked him up. That was I, I think that's what's missing in the NHL anymore is the good rivalries. Not so much the fighting or whatever, but the good rivalries. There's just there's there's none. Really. Well, they try to push it rivalry Wednesday on on NBC Sports Network and it's like I mean that's cute. Like I get it. You know, so we're going to put the Penguins against, you know, the Capitals. Capitals, yeah. But really, I mean, looking like, because the All-Star game's coming up here. Excuse me, the All-Star joke is coming up here. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'm trying to... only bona fide All-Stars this year, Rich. Yes, yes, we have to be vetted. Uh, more so than, than, a, than a Syrian refugee, you have to be vetted by the NHL to be in the All-Star game. Um but yeah, like they, you know, there's so they're showing clips from previous, you know, skills competition and stuff, and you know these quote unquote rivalries, you know that 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 they're trying to push, like Ovechkin and Crosby don't like each other when they play against each other, but when they're not playing against each other, they have no problem goofing off with each other and and stuff like that. That's not a rivalry. I mean, it can be. I mean, because, you know, look at Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson. That was, you know, that was a rivalry. You know, hey, when that whistle blows and the game starts, I hate you until the game's over with. And we go back to being best friends after, you know, when the game's it, done. Yeah, but even Isaiah and Magic didn't really, I mean, they never really got together. You know what I'm saying? On the court? Because one never guarded the other, boss. No, I understand. What I'm saying yeah, is... They did their little handshake and kiss on the cheek and ask Pat before, they, before they'd start. But I'm just saying, like, it's just... I don't see the... I mean, there is hatred, no matter what. I mean, there's there's players that hate other players, no matter what team they end up on. It's just, you know, case in point, Probert and Domi. I mean... The irony is is that after their playing career was over, they actually became good friends. Uh, but I mean, you know, that was that was pure hatred. Probert hated Domi. He's like, I don't like fucking showboats. I don't like guys who who you know do the dancing on the ice and you know, yeah, I'm number one after a fight. If you look at Probert's fights, after no matter what happened, ass kicked or won, he, he just. They, they, you know, the linesman come in broken up, and you know he either skated off the ice because he took a fucking a major, you know, plus some, or he went to the penalty box. That was it. He didn't sit there, you know. He was like Barry Sanders scoring a touchdown. He didn't dance in the end zone. You know, Probert wasn't dancing on the ice, dancing his way to the penalty box. So I mean, to me, that's yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. That's missing. I don't. There's no Red Wings avalanche right now. There really isn't. But, I mean, it wasn't just the Red Wings avalanche. 
the Stars and the Hawks had had a big rivalry. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs had a huge rivalry. I just can't think of who it was against. It's just it's it's games where you knew when you saw it on the fucking telly that you had to watch it because you were going to get something other than hockey. You know, there was going to be some shit, whether a fight broke out or some badass checking. You know, it was something was going to happen, and you didn't want to miss it. When I was little, it was all about Detroit, Chicago. Like that was that's that was when I first heard the phrase. Uh, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Right, people exactly. talk about us playing the Blackhawks. Well, yeah, and if the Blackhawks hadn't have started slipping into that mid to mid nineties to to mid two thousands funk they were in, maybe that would have continued. But I mean, it got to the point where it's like the Avalanche and and the Red Wings in the late two thousands. It was like the Red Wings are still going to, to to cup championships and winning cups, and the Avalanche are just well, the Avalanche. You know, it's it, it's yes, the rivalry is still there, but it takes both teams to win every once in a while instead of one team dominating the other for it to really be a rivalry. I mean, it's U of M, Ohio State. It's a rivalry, but can you call it a heated one at this point? Ohio State just is Ohio State not only set up camp inside of U of M's asshole, they opened up like an RV camp in U of M's asshole. Yeah, they're renting out spaces. They're having other people come in. They're renting it out for the weekend. Yeah, they're like, hey, MSU, come on here. Yeah, yeah, back that RV up in here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bring the whole team. Plenty of room. I mean, it's just oh, yeah, all we got to it. Electrical, sewer. Yeah, we got it all. Come on in. Cable TV. I mean, well, so you, it's not yeah. a war. And, and it, you know, the Avalanche and, and Red Wings, their fights, obviously. But they, they had skilled players on both teams, too. Well, no, that's so, what everyone forgets. Those games elevated even the most pedestrian players' game up. Everybody came to play. That's what I'm saying, man. So it, it wasn't just the fights. I'm saying that when those teams went at it, you didn't want to miss it because be it a fight, be it a score fest, a save fest, uh, a checking fa- something was going to happen on that game that you didn't want to miss, and it and it was throughout the league. It really was. Like I said, the Leafs and uh, uh, Dallas Stars and the Hawks, and I mean, it was just throughout the league. There were certain matchups that you, when you watched it, you knew something was going to kick off. You didn't know what it was, but something. Um, you know, any time that Ed Belfour and Martin Berdour went at it, I didn't care what teams they were on. Anytime those two goalies went at it, I knew that it was going to be a shootout. And those two were going to save everything. Fucking Eddie, Eddie saved 51 out of 52 shots one time and lost the goddamn game. <laughs> I was dying. But that's the type of things I'm talking about. Those are rivalries. Those are things when you get in, you just you follow it just because of that thing. You don't even care what the score is. You know, and and hockey is so missing that they they promote you know Crosby and the the pretty boys and the scoring and oh look how nice hockey's become, but that's killing the sport because it's killing the rivalry. That's killing the what made it the sport that it was actually. It's yeah, and the fact that there's no, I mean, look, you have a you have a bunch of young talent coming up in the NHL. So we're kind of in a weird period because 
especially for for me. This is I'm just speaking for myself because I still think of Crosby as the kid new to the league, and he's not that anymore. He's the, he's part of the old guard. The guy like compared to Crosby, a guy like uh, uh, Shane Doan might as well be a statue with bird shit on his shoulder. I mean, that's how long he's been in the fucking league. Zetterberg is ancient compared to a guy like Crosby. The problem is with the new players coming up, I don't see the, I don't see the just explosiveness in their play that I used to see in when, when new players come up. I don't see, like, okay, if I had to, if I had to start drafting from any, if I had number one pick in the NH, NHL, every player was open to it to the draft. First player I would pick, or if I had my choice between Crosby and Ovechkin, I'd pick Ovechkin. Why? Because Ovechkin, I think his his game is a more well-rounded game. Absolutely. But they consider yeah. Ovechkin, they, they Ovechkin's considered a power forward these days. Ovechkin's not a power forward. Rick Tockett was a power forward. Brendan Shanahan was a power forward. Okay. You know... Gary Roberts was a power forward. I mean, guys that are going to get you between 20 and 30 goals, mix it up when they got to, make room on the ice with their physical play. That was a power forward. You know, guys that were going to go in the corner, but could also make beautiful passes and score. And who's uh, Crosby's teammate on, on Pittsburgh, the other big name? Malkin? Yeah, yes. I'd take Malkin over Crosby. I would in a heartbeat, man. That cat. Whoo! Yeah. You know, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, that's 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 what I'm getting at. It's like I don't see any when when Lindros came in the league, he was a force to be reckoned with, all around. He was big, he was mean, he had an edge to his game, he could score, all that. Where's the new players coming up that are like that? Right, and they're finesse and, players. That's all they are. Are finesse players. And back in the day, when I'm, like we were talking about with uh, Avalanche and Red Wings, you had people like Joe Sackick, Stevie Y, people that were great. And then I, I know I, I, I'm talking about the, the Colorado Avalanche. I got it. But still, they were great. Peter Forsberg, yeah, phenomenal no. players. And they would raise their level. I don't know how, but that's the shit I'm talking about. When those two teams met, they would raise their level. Of performance, it's like they took PEDs for that game. It was sick to watch. I think it, GEDs. Ah. Yes. But I mean, that's that's cross sports. Even in basketball, when you had Michael Jordan's Bulls, you know, you still had a great rivalry with the Detroit Pistons. You know, Bill Lambeer was gonna foul the shit out of Jordan. Dennis Rodman wasn't gonna let Pippen anywhere near the basket. You, you, these are the shit that you wanted to watch, you know. Uh, football, when the Lions play the Packers or the Bears, you know, the the New York Giants and the New York Jets, you know, the, just great fucking games where you're like, this is going to take it up a notch. You know, you're Emeril Lagasse, let's take it up another notch, you know. And these are the things that you wanted to watch. In hockey, I just don't get that anymore. Everybody's like, take your turn and wait to play the fucking Penguins so that Malkin and Crosby can do their show. You really don't get it until, sadly, the playoffs much anymore. And part of that is because after the the, the lockout of the mid-2000s, 
and they implemented the salary cap, it watered down the league. That's that's exactly what it did. It took it so you have a lot of mercenaries, guys who are just going to go where the money is, and you also have teams signing guys to ridiculous contracts. They never have any intention of seeing them through to the end. I mean, I couldn't count how many times I would hear this guy signed for a seven, eight, nine, ten year contract, and I'm going, what? Get the fuck out of here. No way are they going to see him through to the end of that contract. No fucking way. I mean, and we're, and we, we're not talking guys that were like, you know, second, third year players. You know, we're talking guys who are, you know, mid to late 20s. You got them signed until they're almost 40 years old because that's the only way you can get these players anymore is to give them these long ass back end fucking heavy contracts. It's it, it, it turned the sport into something that it is now. It went from, okay, if you're willing to spend the money and you are a hockey destination, you will get the players. See, that's where I have issue with people go, well, Red Wings bought their championships. Really? Because I, I, I remember the, the Maple Leafs spending a whole lot of fucking money and not winning shit. Okay? I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's what they bought at Belfort. I remember that real fucking clear. I totally yeah. remember that. I remember Chicago trying to spend money hand over fist and not getting shit for it. I mean, people for, people forget that, that you know those, those Chicago teams they had Ronick, Amante, oh, you know, Larmer. I mean, yeah, and we're not, and I'm not talking like Shelly House. Well, uh, like like if you go mid mid nineties, I mean, they had they spent money. I'm yeah, not talking yeah. early. I'm not talking the early nineties when. You know, they had Belfour, and Belfour's backup was fucking Hasek. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking, you know, mid-90s. They spent money. Colorado spent money. L.A. spent money. St. Louis spent money. Vancouver spent spent money. Colorado spent a lot of money. (laughs) Vancouver fucking brought uh, uh, Messier out there, and he fucking flopped out there. Now, is, is is that... the because they didn't have a salary cap's fault. No, it's because Vancouver fucking threw a lot of money at a player who, let's be honest, was well past the peak of his career. You don't throw fucking superstar money at a guy who you're going to bring out there and who's going to end up playing a leadership role. Not on name recognition. No, exactly. It was it was bad signings. So the league decided to rescue teams from themselves and say, okay, you can only spend this much, and so you you get what. What is forced parity in the league? You get, you know, everybody is, instead of, you know, everybody being an A or B team, now the the average grade is a B for everybody. And very rarely do you get an A team. I mean, that's one of the reasons they're talking that, that they, you know, one of many reasons, and we've covered them all, but it's one of many reasons they're saying that the NFL, the ratings are down. Is that during the regular season? It's just it's boring. These games are boring. This with this forced parity, you know. And then you get into the playoffs, and you really do start to see the elite teams versus the teams that are just there to be fodder for the elite teams. I mean, look at look at the 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 the, the point discrepancies in 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 the NFL playoffs. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, teams winning by like double digits. Well, and, and they also try to keep the rivalry going, you know, Denver Broncos and the Pats. And you're missing the key component from the Denver Broncos being Peyton Manning or a decent quarterback. Because they yeah, did it with did, or any quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you can't do that with Simeon. But I mean, do you, 
it's not just, I mean, so it's, I guess I take a little bit of solace, even though it's very, very little in the fact that it's not just hockey, but at the same time, don't bitch when you're fucking, when your viewership's down, when you're expanding into non-traditional areas of the country, Vegas, okay, and after the honeymoon period's over and the, ooh, look, hey, Vegas has a hockey team. After that little, you know, the shine is wore off, they're going to be the Coyotes just in Vegas. That's all they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, hockey worked th- out so well in Phoenix. Let's put a team in Vegas. I mean, pretty much in the Phoenix is now the NHL's dumping ground because it's pretty much the team the company runs. So it's where they, uh, I mean, technically isn't uh, Pavel Datsuk on their payroll. Because it's just where yeah. they, they company, it's pretty much where the NHL went to bury the rest of his contract when yeah. he went back to Russia. Yeah, so they could make, so they could make the, the, the ceiling the, or the uh, salary basement. They took on his contract, yeah. Because you have to spend, you have to, you, can, you can't spend over this, but you can't spend under that. So they took on his contract, yeah. And here we are. We're not even to the all-star break, and the Coyotes and Avalanche are already sellers. We're not even to the all-star break, guys. And two, two teams, Colorado Avalanche, who you could make an argument for, was one of the shining jewels in the NHL's fucking cap for the better part of you know, the last 20 years. And they're the team that they run, the Arizona Coyotes, are sellers, and we're not even sniffing the trade deadline. I mean, this is this, and and here's the bitch of it: even the players that they want to move, even even teams that want to move players, are having a hard time moving players because the NHL has turned into how the NFL is. You don't see a whole lot of trades during the you know the regular season in the NFL. It's very rare there's a blockbuster trade. One of the exciting things about the NHL was. You know, as the closer you got to the trade deadline, you know, historically one of the more exciting things, the closer you got to the trade deadline is when you would see big trades happen and, and major players switch from one team to another. You don't see that anymore. Well, you, you also don't see the tradition being passed, Rich. You know, when Iserman left and everything, he passed on a great tradition to people like Brendan Shanahan that stayed, you know, Everybody that stayed carried on the Red Wing traditions and the heart and the soul and the will, you know. And I just think that's gone out, too, because I, I don't think, you know, Zetterberg's an Iserman. You know, I don't think, even as Pavel Datsuk, you know, I don't see the traditions being passed on. The, the See, NHL was never like the NFL or baseball. They never really moved great players around or, or, you know, players period. Really? No, that's not true, dude. They did. It was just, excuse me. It was very rare to see them do it in the beginning to the middle of the season. There wasn't a whole lot of moves like Shanahan to the Red Wings for fucking Paul Coffey and Keith Primo back in the day. That's how come that was like, holy shit, this is the first week of the season. And we got that type of trade already happening. Right. But, during, but during the trade deadline, dude, when the Wings were making their run, every fucking year near the trade deadline, who did we pick up? Who did we get? Now, is the, it, it, you don't see that with teams. You see, okay, basically, okay, look at the Red Wings this year. Red Wings this year are, unless a miracle happens, out of the playoffs. 
So they're going to be sellers. Of course, Holland just came out and said they're going to stay put, which we'll see. But okay, if they end up being sellers, the biggest thing they have to trade is Thomas Vanek, a guy they signed to a two-year contract, or excuse me, a one-year contract for $2 million to bring in just so they could say they did something in the offseason. Well, Vanek hasn't done shit since, like what, a couple seasons ago? But he's the hot property to, to, for, on the trade market now. And they're not even sure they're going to be able to move him. I mean, you have you have you know, teams shopping players who they can't get rid of because they can't get anything for them. You know, Colorado is shopping forwards, and they can't get anything for him. You know, Sackick is their GM, and they're saying, oh, well, he's asking too much. All he's asking for is legit defensive uh, prospects. Prospects for players who are in their prime or just about to enter their prime years. Man, we talk about prospects. And you can't even get that these days. I mean, the days of, you know, major players being traded for major players are done and over with, man. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen every once in a while. It's just the nature of the beast. Two teams will work something out. Basically, they'll say, we'll take his contract and the chance that he's going to do better in our city, and you take our guy's contract and the chance he's going to do better. Basically, all they're doing is swapping fucking contracts. That's it. And they're hoping that one player will prosper in his new environment. That's all it is. But it's just, I don't know, man. I, I agree with you. The regular season, the excitement isn't there. Dude, I've watched more hockey this regular season than I have the previous two regular seasons. And I'm most of the time I'm left with like, Ugh. Wake me up when something happens. I just, I can't yeah, get into I've it. Been, I've been following hockey this year a little bit just because I've been doing fantasy hockey, and it just seems meh. I mean, basketball seems far more exciting. It's got far more exciting things going on than hockey does. It just seems like it's just so, it's not the hockey I watched when I was a kid, man. It's just not. It's it's really not. It's, it's kind of like watching old people fuck. It really is. It's like, Okay, I've watched it for an hour and a half. So old people like it, but everybody else not so much. Like I'll oh, say yeah. this: I'll say this. The New Year's Day game between Toronto and Detroit, when Detroit was down three goals in the third period, and they made that comeback to force it to overtime. That was the first time I watched a hockey game this season so far. Now it just could be I, I've just missed the good ones. I'll throw that out there, but you know, I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying that I just missed good games. I didn't catch them. I don't have the NHL package. I can't watch every game. All right, but I saw desperation and guys playing at full speed. Whereas the rest of the game, I'm watching and I'm like, look, I get they're professionals and I get that they're out there doing their job, but it seems like they're playing at three quarter speed. Where hey, is- I got a I got a breaking news story real quick, Chris. Do the breaking news sound when you can. I'll have to fly that in. I don't have those uh, on the road. I'm, I'm watching Golden State and OKC right now, the, the basketball game. And <laughs> the, the same thing that happened with LeBron James and Green just happened with Russell. But it, but it wasn't Draymond Green. It was their other guy, big, tall, center, number 27. Can't pronounce his damn name. He barely touched Russell. And he's on the ground holding his face and, like, laying there like he just punched his lights out like Tyson. 
Well, I mean, dude, are, real quick, are we at work on your breaking news, by the way. But second of all, <laughs> uh, anybody shocked? Okay, so so every sport's going the way of fucking soccer now. Pretty much. Flopping all over the place. I mean, it's, it doesn't shock me. Do you think flopping goes on in the NFL? I think it does. I think it goes on to an extent of maybe guys might lay there a little longer than they need to to get up. I think uh, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of fucking whining, and the minute the minute uh, uh, there's an incomplete pass, you start seeing hands up in the air and a guy looking around like, "Where's my fucking call?" You know what? How about this? How about you be within the vicinity of where the ball was before you start asking for a fucking pass interference call, dipshit? Oh, they're, they're doing like that schoolyard bullshit. Hey, man. Pass interference. Oh, I mean, but two, I mean, yeah, two, you're a professional. You paid millions of dollars. <laughs> you figure out a way to catch that ball. You know, he, I mean, it's, your calls, your calls, you're, they're going to go 50 50 on you. You're going to get some, you're going to not get some. Perform. This year, the flags have been put away, and his name's Patchalia or something like that. That's the guy in Golden State. But in the NFL, the flags have been put away. And it's it's actually quite hard to get a fucking call now. Uh, yeah, they're just letting them play now. Well, I, I, either way, to me, I I, I guess this I, I hate to say this, but as it stands right now, when it comes to hockey, I'll watch any Red Wings game I can catch. I'll watch any nationally televised game I can catch. But I'm not sitting in front of it, and it sucks because I guess I have to go out and get a fucking uh, – uh, HD antenna, and then I can start watching Hockey Night in Canada. Because that's one of the things I really do miss. <laughs> but I'm, it, it's not like 10 years ago. It's not like 15 years ago where if there's a hockey game on, I'm sitting in my chair in front of the fucking TV. That's must-see TV. You shut up. Don't bother me. I don't want to hear your fucking shit. Just shh, quiet. The game's on. Wait till commercial. It's just not that anymore. Wake me up when the playoffs get here. I've, I've turned into one of those fucking hockey fans, and it Pisses me off, but I, I I can't really be pissed at myself because look at the product that's on the fucking ice. Hey man, that's kind of where I'm at with baseball. When I was a kid, I loved baseball, and it just seems as an adult, just the way the league's gone, it I'm just kind of like like I'll pay attention in April, and then I'll see in August. You know, towards the end of August, I'll start perking up again. Like that's that's I'm understand I understand where you're coming from. And it sucks because, look, we do a sports podcast. Obviously, we fucking, we either love or like the, you know, the sports we're talking about. Yet, here is product, the product being put on the field and in front of us is a subpar product to what it used to be. And the bitch of it is, is that I don't really hear a whole lot of people arguing with us about that. You know, because I expect to hear a lot more, oh, it's just you old old folks, get off my lawn. Everything was better when you were a kid. You're just getting old. I hear a little bit of that, but for the most part, even the young, even the younger people I talk to, their sports fans are like, yeah, it is kind of boring. Yeah, they have taken the fun out of it. The younger fans that I talk to that go to the games, I'm like, sweet, who won? They have no idea. They were just happy to be there. Most of them wanted to go to the tailgate. Well, well I did. I'd be lying if I said that there weren't some uh, Tigers games in my 20s where we maybe spent an inning or two in our seats and the rest of the time drinking. So I'm not, uh, not going to get on my, my sports high horse there because I'm guilty of that a couple times. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, same, even yeah, same here. Even when I had season tickets, there were some games that by the third inning the game was over with, and the real game of how much can you drink before you puke started in the stands with me and my yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, this game's over. Uh, good news. They serve alcohol everywhere. But I will say this, you know, having had season tickets in the season, the Tigers didn't do shit. There were games that I'll remember for the rest of my life. The game against uh, or not Diamondbacks, the, the, the game against the Diamondbacks that went into extra innings and, you know, Tram threw his fucking closer out there in the, in the uh, top of the 10th, shut down the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks were, you know, then it was the Tigers up at bat and Monroe hit a, a, a double out to right field, which brought in Inge. I, that was, you'd have thought they won the World Series the way the fucking place was rocking. But then again, this was 2005, so any win was looked at as... <laughs> Something to cheer about, like like they won the World Series. That that season, you were you were looking for anything you could. But opening day, that year, opening day, it was twelve to two against the fucking Royals. Dimitri Young hit three home runs. I'll never forget that. You know that 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 was a great opening day. You know, so I, I did I did have good times, and there there are good times, and I don't mean to shit all over the you know the NHL and say oh well whatever. It's just a bunch of fucking meh, but it's just, I'm not remembering games like I used to. It's just a bunch of meh. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's not like, you know, dude, Earl can tell you, man, 1995, December, Red, it was the last meeting between the Red Wings and the Blackhawks before Christmas. We were sitting in this fucking uncle's house. Like, we told everybody to go fuck off that night because we were going to watch that game, period. And, every, and like, we were on the edge of our seat. Like, it was a fucking playoff game, you know? It, that urgency I just don't feel anymore. And maybe it's because the Red Wings aren't playing with it. So, since my hometown team isn't playing with it, I'm not seeing it. But even the nationally televised games I see, I don't see that urgency throughout the whole game. I might see it near the end. But what's the point? Of, I, I, that's what... Maybe I'm missing something here. Is that the way we? Is that the way sports are supposed to be played these days? It's the way the Lions played the entire season. I, I, once again, sure. exactly, exactly. Good enough. And then the near the halfway mark of the fourth quarter, they came on out of nowhere, like they had everything reserved in their tanks and they've let loose. But is that how? Is that how sports are supposed to be played these days? Because if it is, ugh, I don't know, man. That's something I want to watch. That's all I'm saying. Well, hey. We brought up the NFL. I mean, this this where we get into. I we I have to give us credit. We did almost two hours on not football. I just got to <laughs> say real quick, people have got to stop trying to make Golden State Warriors the new bad boys. They're not. They're not even close. Okay, Green is not Dennis Rodman. Stop it. Well, yeah, it's a completely different style of basketball. It's yeah, there's fuck. There, there's way there's. Other teams that would be leaders in the clubhouse for the bad boys for the Warriors. Well, this is one sport that you do want to watch the entire game. And there are different teams that you want to watch. Golden State, Cleveland, you know, Spurs, OKC. There, There's a lot of teams that you want to watch in the NBA. And you really don't know which way it's going to go until it's over sometimes. But the thing they're doing now is 
they're they're playing like Rich said, they're playing soccer on a basketball court. Stop it. You know, okay, you got fouled. Get up and go take your fucking free throws like a man. Shut up. You know, you got LeBron James, King James, the second coming of Jordan. Takes a little shoulder throw and gets down and knocked out like he just got punched by Tyson in his prime. Stop it. He barely touched you. But, man, that's the new sports order, man. You got it in hockey. You got it in basketball. I don't know how you can flop in baseball, but I'm sure someone, some millennial piece of shit will figure it out soon enough. You know, and they just did it again tonight. Like I told you, fucking Westbrook going to get, you know, checked a little bit. And then, like, he got knocked out. I'm Stop that. Get up and play fucking basketball. All right, that's my rant. They're not the bad boys. Stop it. Yeah. All right. So, speaking of bad boys and a bad man. Oh, oh he's bad. Packers, huh? Oh, he's How bad. I, 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 said it, I said it in the fucking chat. I'll say it live. I am a believer of Aaron Rodgers for far too long. And too many times has that man done everything he said he was going to do. And he's done it at points that he shouldn't have been able to do it. And it's not by luck. It's not by chance. Aaron Rodgers is the real fucking deal. You guys can both agree with me. Earl, as a Lions fan, Rich, as a Lions casual observer, <laughs> that the, 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 the sin that the Cowboys made was they gave Aaron Rodgers more than three seconds. You give him more than three seconds anytime, he's going to make you pay. He's in our division. Does it to us all the time. And it, the, the president it, of the Hail Mary guy? Him? Yeah, but, but no, just that pass that he made to Jared Cook, where Jared Cook, like, man. Like, you got to wonder how those guys, I mean, it's their job. I'm sure they run drills like that all the time. But you got to just wonder how those guys just think in that split-second moment. Oh, put my, put my toes downward. That pass that he got to, to Cook. They gave as soon as as soon as I counted over three Mississippi, I'm like, they're done. They, they gave him time. He, you, you don't give Aaron Rodgers time. He will make you pay every fucking time you give him more than three seconds. Right, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm a believer. He does it every time, and it's not by chance. It's not a mistake. It's not fucking luck. The man plays up to par, beyond par. I I hate that he plays for Green Bay. I love the fact that he learned under Brett Favre and Mike Holgram, but that cat has it. He's the real deal. No doubt in my mind. And congratulations. Fuck it. Congrats. You earned it. And Dak and Zeke, well played, but this is part of, this is part of your legend, all right? You got to learn how to lose. I mean, you, got the, you, you gave the Cowboys almost the reverse record of what they had. A year ago, they were 4-12, and 12, all right? Uh I mean, they showed that they they hung that whole game. It wasn't like the Cowboys were getting their ass beat. Oh, no. Half, maybe, maybe. But, you know, <laughs> they showed up for the second half. And then, uh, yeah, they hung till the end and they fought. But I think, too, in the end, it also came down to, uh, what did I tell you, tell you? When it was tied, I was like, here's where Holmgren's going to outcoach Garrett. You know, Uncle Jerry can't save you now. All Uncle's right. not the coach, by the way. Uh, what's his McCarthy? Yes. Wrong Mike. It, yeah. It. See, I'm old. <laughs> but but uh, that being said, though, that being said, Dak showed he was for real. 
-hmm. That cat didn't crush. He didn't, you know, shy away. He didn't crack under pressure. He let his team went all the way down the field, got the field goal they needed. Okay. He didn't crack. His defense cracked. His defense fucked up. But it was no way, and no way will I put it on him, Dak or Zeke's fault. They did exactly what they had to do. That offense was ran perfectly. The points were scored that had to be scored. The defense failed them. No yeah, doubt. It wasn't, like, it wasn't like Dallas lost that game. Green Bay won that game. Aaron Rodgers won that game. That's, that's one of those guys that puts the team on his back. You know, down to... Down to no name, Mc, no name McFootball for his receiver. You know, Devontae Adams went out twice. Nelson, not playing. I mean, it was pretty much the Jordan Cook show uh, uh, Sunday. But, I mean, that that's, you know, we talk about elite players. That's what elite players do. All right? Pretty much, I got this. Boom. Done. And it's on to Atlanta. Yeah, he's talking about running the table. I thought he was talking about the season. This motherfucker's in the playoff just hurting people's feelings. It's what he does, though, man. That's true. When, when he's on, you can't fuck with him. You can't touch him. That's that's the scary thing about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, well, and he kind of reminds me of the guy on any given Sunday, Willie Beeman. Every time Willie Beeman puked, move. You're done. Every time Aaron Rodgers does a fucking, like, uh... Joe Broadway speech and guarantees to, to victory, it, you're in trouble. He did it last season with relax, R-E-L-A-X, relax, we're fine. And then he went on and fucking just beat people's asses. This one, he's like, you know, I, th- I think we're uh, done, and I think we're going to man up here, and we're going to run the table, and look at him. So every time he does a, a, a big statement interview, people need to take note because he's coming. He, that means he has turned it on, and, and, you know, you better come with the best game or you're going to lose. Come with me, Hail Mary. Hail Mary, <laughs> run quick, see what do they have here now? <laughs> I heard a rumor that Olivia, Olivia Munn said he gets uh, no butt sex if they lose. It's just a rumor that I heard. Until until that Lombardi comes home, you don't get nothing. Yeah, we are closed for business. Hey, but none of us could even begin to play to that level. But if Olivia Munn's offering butt sex, we could sure fucking try. <laughs> yeah, we're winning out. But I'll tell you, that game ended up being, in my opinion, the marquee game of the week. I mean, Pittsburgh really Chiefs was good, but I mean, you 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 weren't fucking with any of the any of the, the Green Bay-Dallas game. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that shit to go any better. No, everything, everybody I talked to was, what a fucking game, man. What a and both game. games, and the dichotomy of the weekend. Saturday, two shit games. Sunday, two great games. I do want to point out to the listeners, I called the score for Saturday. I was within five points of both of those games. That ain't calling it, man. <laughs> like, in Vegas, you would be fired. You would have lost the casino millions of dollars. Dude, the Patriots-Texas game, I said 35-17. The score was 34-16. Come on. Dude, yeah, for the rest of the weekend, you're off by 28 points. Just saying, man. Sunday <laughs> killed me. Saturday was ice cold. Don't out your resume to sportsbooks just yet, sir. This is, this is what I'm saying. What the fuck does he... Okay, 
Did you call the score exactly as the score was at the when the clock struck zero? Almost. <laughs> the, the thing, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Are you playing? Fire. Yeah, are you playing hand grenades or horseshoes? Absolutely, <laughs> because if you bet on a sports book, you get my plus minus points, man. See, this is this is how come uh, ultra competitive jocks are fucking morons. I, I, I almost, I almost did it. Sixty percent of the time, it works all the time. Dumb, stupid. No, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> You know what? You stick to stick to the over under. Maybe then you you'll, you'll, you'll because that's like. Eh. And you're the one who added this extra layer of ice, man. Like I know I'm not that good, dude. I go winner loser. That's the best you're getting out of me. He just got too cocky. All I, okay, but come on, man. You got to give it to me. Falcon Seahawks. I called thirty five twenty one. It was thirty six to twenty. Come on. I'm within a point. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, if we just do, if we almost call things, the Pistons almost have a second NBA championship in what, 2005? So hang that banner we, up. We almost had yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no way. We got it. We were cl- close yeah, enough. Either way, the sun came out on Sunday and damn near melted my ass. What was that, dude? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Can we talk about Houston, New England? I mean, for what? Tom Brady even <laughs> said, like, oof, this was not our best performance. Like, But it didn't have Houston, to be. That was the point. Houston had so many chances to win that game, and they just suck. Like, you need a new offense. Like, I hope Brock Osweiler enjoyed his fucking year in the fucking starters uniform because that meme on the Internet is right. You know, ship his favorite bench down from somewhere because – like the Patri- the Patriots were like, uh, come on, we want to play an extra week, you know. Everybody, you know what was that? That South Park when they were all trying to lose when they're in Little League. Sarcastic you know? ball, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 not sarcastic ball, but yeah, when they're when they're trying to lose. Yeah, that's baseball's kind of, that's not a game of winning; it's trying to lose the hardest. <laughs> Chris, I have, I have a- reminded me of like, come on, we're we're injured. It's been a long year. Like, come on, just take, come on, just win. Come on. And Houston could not seize any of those opportunities they had. I, I have a serious question for you here, actually. Right. Seattle Seattle and Falcons. Is the Legion of Boom gone? Like, forever? Yeah, because they've lost Earl Thomas. Sherman doesn't look like a shutdown corner anymore. Well, Chancellor just, isn't the best safety in the league anymore. Well, allegedly, supposedly... You know, as the kids say on the internet, uh, something came out a day later that uh, Sherman's been playing through an MCL injury for like the last month. Well, that would explain a lot. Yeah. And think about this too. Seattle played to get into the division game with their beat up ass. Like hurt ass Seattle still almost got the championship game. That being said, you beat the Lions is what it is. But I mean, imagine if they're a hundred percent though. I mean, that'd be a dangerous team. Yeah, but Matty Ice crushed them, dude. Him and Sanu, holy shit. Yeah, well, I hope they enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead into the picks, but yeah, Falcon D ain't shit. We'll put a cap on it there. Uh, but yeah, Seattle, better, no- better luck next year. Just This was just a year where injuries just killed them. Yeah, Earl Thomas, Lockett. Sherman, apparently, mm-hmm. not at 100%. I mean, just 
Right. Didn't Cam, uh, uh, didn't Chancellor not come in until uh, a few games into the season? Yeah, yeah, he was hurt too. Yeah, just, but that's what I'm saying. Decimated with injuries, still finished with 10 wins, still played to get into the championship game. I mean, so that is going to be a dangerous team when they're healthy. You know, you know what I. You, I oh, yeah, Duke Rawls was out for half the year. They've run him back by committee for most of the damn year, too. Sorry. What I, what I took away from that Falcon Seahawks game is Matt Ryan was drafted one year before fucking Stafford. And Matt Ryan has two playoff wins and arguably hasn't been. The Falcons have not drafted to put as many weapons around Ryan, or excuse me, yeah, yeah, around Ryan as the Lions have made attempts to put weapons around Stafford. I don't think that's true. No, yeah, I'm kind of with Burrow yeah. because it's it's been Julio Jones, Roddy White, and that's it, and, and that's it. Yeah, Roddy White, but he's but since the last two or three years he's been spotty, and then now he's gone. Right, and now you yeah. got some new. I mean. He's got weapons, though. How many? Okay, how many fucking times have we heard that? Oh, this is going to be the fucking tight end that Stafford needs, and you get guys like you get guys like Ebron. Four tight ends ago, you get guys like Pettigrew. Right. Oh yeah. You know, he he had arguably the greatest wide receiver of his generation, and then he turned. They turn around and have the season they have without him. Well, yeah, Rich, but when you have the greatest wide receiver of a generation, everybody's going to key on that wide receiver. And it's kind of hard to get the ball to it. That's what the Lions suffered from, was trying to get the ball to Calvin Johnson. I know, Obviously, I guess I, you get it there, you, you win, but you got to get it there. What I'm getting at is that I don't consider Matt Ryan an elite quarterback by any means, and yet he's done more with arguably less than Stafford has. Yeah, I just I'll agree to disagree with you on that. That's all, because Matt Ryan has Julio Jones, which is you know Calvin Johnson, so to speak. And if he covered him, he had Roddy White. And now you, you got Julio Jones and Sanu, you know, and you know a couple of other players that he could throw the ball to. Matt Stafford didn't have that until the last year of Calvin Johnson's contract with Golden Tate. Okay, but of all the quarterbacks that are left in the in the in the playoffs, he's easily the worst. Can we agree I'll, on that? I'll agree. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And if, this, look at it, the hard, if you look at the final four, there's there is some hardware minus Matty Ice. I you can, is there two hands worth of rings? It, it, but with, with between what Brady, Roethlisberger, and Rogers, is it you got two rings? Yeah. You got two hands worth. Yeah, yeah. you got uh, seven rings total between them. And if you look at the AFC only. Okay, besides the one year that it was that that Falco and or Falco, um, <laughs> the replacement up in this motherfucker. Rock me on my dance. Except for the year that Baltimore won the uh, Super Bowl, it's been either Manning, Roethlisberger, or uh, uh, Brady in the Super Bowl for the AFC. I mean, so since what two thousand and three. Yeah. It's been like the same three or four dudes just rotating into the Super Bowl. For, yeah, for the AFC. Three or four last, yeah, yeah. And here we are, and these guys aren't spring chickens. Here we are into the well into the twilight of 
Brady's career. You could argue that, the, you know, the sun is just starting to set on Roethlisberger's career. Yeah, the, the, the bottom of the sun starting to dip below the horizon with Roethlisberger, I think. Yeah, and it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Aaron Rodgers' career. The only thing that's it's artificially yeah. extending his career is the fact that he sat his first three seasons behind Favre. He, did, he, had, he's, he has three seasons less wear and tear on him than yeah, he would there. have with most teams. They're all north of Thor. 30, right? Rodgers is like, what, 32, maybe? Like, he's early he was, 30s, right? He was drafted, what, 2005? He has to be. I mean, yeah. he, he, shit, Brady's not getting, Brady's what, is, did he turn 40 this year, or is he 39? Yeah, I think he'll be 40 by the beginning of next season, I believe. Brady, Brady is 39, Aaron Rodgers is 33. Exactly, and like I said, you could, he ben has 34, and he had, he had, well, Ben's got a whole lot more wear and tear on him than Rogers does, just because of the nature of how he lives life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 his and how he plays. And like I said, Rogers had three years sitting behind Favre on the bench. So, I mean, he never started one game when Favre was, you know, still in Green Bay. That tells you something. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben's too. Ben. Yeah, Ben's got some more battle wear and tear on him. Ben's was starting. Matt Ryan's right. only thirty-one though. Yeah, but still north of thirty in the NFL. I mean, that's. You know, are you starting? You're getting into AARP. Okay, now you guys are getting as far as excited. NFL players go. Now you guys are getting me excited though, because Matt Stafford about? is just now 28. Look out, yeah. baby! Look that's, out! That's what I was about to say. I was about to say, arguably I'm your peak years, of course. Arguably your peak years for a quarterback. You know, historically, let's say what between 27 and 32, maybe. I mean, it's kind of a catch-all five-year period, but that's usually when Guys, you know, they've they've worked out the difference between NCAA football and pro football. They've gotten used to the speed of the game. They've learned whatever systems they needed to learn, and they start actually perfecting and hitting their peak is between 27 and 32. You know, we're talking the 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 three quarterback because I mean, let's we can't. I'm I'm just saying I don't think the Falcons are the are, are the consensus pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. That's all I'm gonna say. Fuck no. Okay, I don't I don't think that people are saying you know in Vegas that the Falcons are gonna win it all. All right. Over and if you've been listening to sports the last week, it it really ain't the it it's really kind of not handed to New England that much really anymore either. Well, you, like people, you don't have people I mean, seem if you to be talking about weapons. If you want to talk about weapons, Brady, come on. But yeah, one versus three. That's my that's that's my issue with New England, man. Like I'm just saying, I called call last week. I'll say it again. Pittsburgh can win that game. New England's weapons are consistent weapons, mind you, are Brady and Belichick. All right, Blunt's been spotty at best this year. Rocks out. Yeah, Gronk's out, and Brady has had to pick somebody to make a star of, as far as receiver goes, all year. Whether it's been yeah, Chris it Hogan or so Malcolm, well, whoever the fuck his name is, or Edelman, Brady's had to, like, it's been, you know, receiver by committee. Yeah, but Brady, Brady makes stars out of fucking everyday fucking receivers, though. Which I, which, which I am not, which I am not debating here, but Pittsburgh, as far as, like I said, my keyword here is consistent weapons. Antonio Brown, arguably the best receiver in the game right now. And Le'Veon Bell, if he can learn that after Memorial Day, you got to put the weed away, all right, <laughs> he can get a full season in, 
that, that I mean, that guy is going to start stacking up rushing titles. I mean, you watch that guy play. Dude, he's got to have some, like, Matrix or Bionic Man or Terminator shit going on with his vision. <laughs> I mean, you, hits, you watch the... He, hit, he hits the hole and you hear, no, 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 no. Well, just, you, watch him, you watch him stop. He sees where he's got to go and he goes there. Yeah, like, Tomlin, Tomlin actually told him that that's not the way to run, but then kind of watched and understood it and then coached it. Because what, what he, Bell does is stops and waits. And eventually, and he does this, his linemen are going to move the defense. And he waits for it. And as soon as they move that defense, that motherfucker is gone. Dude, it's like he took the fucking blue or the red pill or some shit. And he fucking time slows down for him or something. Because, yeah, it's like he waits for it. It's like it looks like he waits for all the patterns to play out, sees his line, and then fucking goes. It's fucking, it is amazing to watch. But I was consistent, consistent weapons, Brown, Bell. You know, yeah, Big Ben, you, you, you do Brady versus Ben, Brady wins. He's still a consistent weapon. I just think just as far as, yeah, the way that, and then, yeah, you can add Boswell, because that's not the first game they did that this year. There was another game where Boswell had, like, eight fucking field goals or something, you know, but it's just as far as consistency, like, I'm just saying, if, if, if you're a New England man, like, you just got to, you, you better be careful. They got Tom. Yeah, but that's 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 it. That's the problem. Yeah, well, that's like but, saying you got Jordan, dude. I mean, <laughs> okay, but yeah, but Jordan could gets... play the whole motherfucker. If you put Michael Jordan versus the bad boys, he would lose because it's just one of them. I guess that's my point. Like, something that something that gets lost in all this talk is the fact that New England is not allowed a rushing touchdown since fucking Halloween. So this is going to be Bell's trial by fire. Either that or, uh, I mean, Brown's going to have a career day. Or Jesse James is going to be getting a lot of balls. Well, I'm just saying you can't, with, 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 with Brady and Belichick, you can't leave a lot of time on the clock, and you can't give them a lot of time of possession. The, the best way to beat them is to keep Brady on the sideline. Yeah, that's been if the tried and true way to beat them. If they can't fucking chew that clock and control possession with the running game, that's going to be an issue. I want to agree with you, but they tried that. Uh, I, I don't even know if it was this last game or what, but they tried that, controlling the possessions, the clock, through the whole game. But the problem is, is it took him a minute. It took Brady one minute to march down the field and score a touchdown when he got okay, on the field. That's always the threat that Brady poses. Any amount of time, as long as he can get a throw off, he's dangerous. It's it's the Rod, but you know it's like that it's, too is Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, it's the Aaron Rodgers effect. Give I was me. telling you that on Sunday at you know what what did I tell you on Sunday, Earl? It's like you're like there's 35 seconds left. I'm like that's all he needs. He ain't trying to get a touchdown. Yeah. He's just trying to get you into field goal range. Right. And he just wants to win the game. And that's the thing. These there's always a risk if there's time on the clock, and they have possession of the ball that they could score. All you can do is minimize the risk. That's it. It's just like getting into your car and driving to work. There's always risk you could fucking be in an accident, but there's a lot of things you can do to minimize your risk. It's all that. It's all you can really do against Brady and Belichick. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're going to win based on that. I'm just saying that you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's not a hundred percent. 
and more so that because no 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 player is a hundred percent at this point in the NFL season. No player. Everybody is fighting some sort of nagging fucking whatever, and they just have to put it in the back of their mind and go, look, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to kill you. Bury the pain, play through it. But Roethlisberger, I think he's a little bit more injured than than Tomlin would want anyone to believe. The walking boot kind of gave that away. (laughs) That, but, I mean, it's... Roethlisberger doesn't seem like the type of guy that, that... is meticulous in his off-season conditioning. I mean, granted, he's in better condition than all three of us put together, but... I heard somebody say the other day that Roethlisberger looks like someone who's on his, like, third DUI. Roethlisberger, yeah, Roethlisberger looks like... He looks like puffy post-party in Vince Vaughn, not skinny. (laughs) um, Not swingers Vince Vaughn? Not swingers Vince Vaughn, yeah. yeah. Like old-school Vince Vaughn? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's... yeah, he looks like, you know, he enjoys his beer and brats during the off season. You know what I'm saying? He's not that lean, hungry, your money, baby, Vince Vaughn. So he, he, He's wedding crashers, Vince Vaughn? <laughs> yes, well, exactly. talking about effects, that's the Eddie Lacy effect. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but uh, I mean, we kind of jumped ahead to Pittsburgh and New England, but I mean, Pittsburgh and KC, I mean, ah, that, 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 the year of the kicker, baby. That's much to do about nothing right there, that game. Ugh. The Green Bay, after Green Bay and Dallas, I mean, everything else is going to be, what, what, what are you going to do after that, you know? Unless Alex Smith catches on fire, literally. I mean, how are you going to beat the drama of the Green Bay and Dallas game? Like, I mean, and Kansas City's defense did what they do. They did, they did what they've done all year. But I'm telling well, you guys saw it, man. Their offense blows like you, you didn't just skip that you skipped all of saturday <laughs> yeah well no we talked about a little bit For about a we talked about seattle and well you're gonna go play-by-play analysis <laughs> <laughs> you know we talked about how new england tried to give houston the game and houston sucks you know we talked about maddie ice owning the seahawks I just these things, and plus the Steelers Chiefs game, I that that game right there showed me how that that uh, next week's going to end. Just saying. Yeah, well, we so, I mean, so are we just do we just want to get into the picks now? It just it, it pick the games. I mean, short ass picks, but yeah, let's it, do it. I mean, if that's where or two, I mean, well, do we want to talk about maybe some of the kind of the little the there seems to be a little drama with Pittsburgh. A little bit between uh, what Antonio Brown, Facebook living, Mike Tomlin yelling at them to not go on social media while he's on social then, media. <laughs> yeah, and then to uh, what Goodell's not going to the game because he's scared little bitch. But like I talked to you on on the chat though, Chris. What else? Did, what else can he do? I mean, yeah, he. Sh- I, I believe he should go take his lumps like a man, but at the same time. He's taking the Pats' draft picks, their top quarter, their, their top quarterback. Uh, find the hell out of them. He's done everything as as the the commissioner of a league can do to get them to not be where they're at. And here they are. Hey man, when I used to have to write people up at work, I still had to go into work and work with them. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I, I, but, but what the commissioner's doing is writing people up as much as they can to fire them. He's going, he is literally 
made it vendetta at going at the Pats. You're drinking that Bill Burr Kool-Aid. I ain't drinking no Kool-Aid. I'm telling you like it is. Man has gone head over heels trying to fight the, the Pats, and he's losing every time. Which, by the way, Bill Burr, probably as much of a homer for the Pats as Earl is for the Lions, doesn't think New England's got a chance. Just saying. Look, man, here's here's the deal. A comedian's sports analysis is my argument. (laughs) Just take that for what it is. Here's the deal. Okay, the Pats are the franchise to aspire to be in the NFL for the last 15, uh, we can argue, what, 16, 17 even years now? Okay? If if the, the Fuhrer doesn't come down hard on them, he looks like he's fucking favoring them. So right there, that's why I think he's fucking such... I don't think he's got a hard-on and wants to shut the Pats down because he knows it's a license to print money. When the Pats do well and go deep in the playoffs, that's going to be more people watching. Let me tell you the worst Super Bowl out of this last week that the NFL could have had. Texans versus Falcons. Not the Texans versus the Lions? That couldn't have been? No, out of this last week. Out of the teams that were left in the divisional round, if it came down to... Super Bowl 51, Texans-Falcons. Those ratings are going to be garbage. If it comes down to... It'd be killer in that part of the country, though. Tell you that. Oh, I mean, it'd be high in Texas and uh, Atlanta, all right? But the casual fan isn't going to tune in because it's not going to be historic, all right? If it's Patriots-Packers, one, Packers travel well. Cowboys. Packers travel well. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, let's just say, Packers travel well. The fucking trophies named after their former coach. Patriots, well, they're going for fucking, for history. This will pretty much, in a lot of people's minds, cement Brady as the best ever, okay? So that the casual fans who don't care about football are like, I want to watch it because it's fucking history. So they're going to tune in. Why would he want to shoot that in the foot? You don't shoot the goose that lays the golden egg. But he, being the asshole he is, and coming down as hard as he has on players like Sue, who ultimately has never played for any fucking thing of any fucking value in the NFL, if he's seen as being light on the Patriots, he's just going to have to hear it from his critics. So he goes just as hard against the Patriots as he goes against other fucking teams and individual players. Do you remember the whole dust-up with him and James Harrison where he was like... uh, Harrison, come to my office. And Harrison just, through the media, said, I'm not going to that motherfucker's office. That motherfucker wants to talk to me. He knows where I'm at. Yeah, he said, I didn't do anything wrong. You can come to me. Yeah, I'm not going to, yeah. Who the fuck you think you're talking to? to, to shit. I, I was just waiting for James Harrison to be like, I, I ain't no field one. You got the wrong one. Sorry. Which, by the way, man, that guy's like my age, and he's still playing at like a top level. Like, I just look at him and be like, brother, you have to sit in a tub of ice every day. And just have to be tired. They like, got off the that, plane. That they got off the plane. They got off the. They, they landed at three thirty. At four o'clock in the at three thirty in the morning after that game, they got off the plane at four o'clock in the morning. He's in the fucking weight room hitting it. Like there's video of it. James yep. Harrison is insane. Like he also got right in the head. Acupuncture and shit. What's up? He also goes through acupuncture and shit. Yeah, he is. That, that motherfucker is is driven. He's born bred for fucking NFL. There's no doubt. Exactly. 
have said it ever since he got into the league. That guy is not one to be hit by. Like, I'm going to tell you what right now. Whatever terrorist organizations are around right now should thank their fucking whatever God they believe in that James Harrison had football to go into instead of the Special Forces. <laughs> Because James Harrison would be like type motherfucker, like, I, I ain't got time to bleed. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 <laughs> he, he would be that, like, I'll get enough sleep when I'm dead. I'm going to kill them all and let God sort them out and mean that shit. So, He'd just drop the gun, go in there with the knife, coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, low crawling with a knife in his teeth and shit. Like, going to have me some fun. Going to have me some fun, you know? Everything I need. <laughs> Making a necklace out of people's fingers and shit. Exactly. Like, dude, seriously. So playing deer hunter just because <laughs> Russian roulette, this motherfucker, come here. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest. I play like Russian roulette with five bullets in the chamber. Like, damn. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you. If I'm, there's very few NFL players who I feel if I met, I would worry about even walking past them the wrong way. He's one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't even. I don't even know if I'd address him. I just, like, try not to make eye contact and, and try not to offend him as I walk past him somehow if I had to, you know? like He's a guy you would call Mr. Sir. <laughs> because the dude just don't seem like he's right in the head. Now, he, I might have the total wrong impression of him. Off, off the, outside of football, he might be a teddy bear. But there's, I've seen him on hard knocks. I've seen him in interviews. I've seen him on the field. He ain't about no bullshit. And he just you know, like he is. If, if I'm wrong, going harder than guys like 15 years younger than him. If I'm wrong, correct me. But he reminds me of a young Mike Singletary, just one of those guys. You know, you just you just don't you, you want to be his friend, but you don't want to get too close. Yeah, but Singletary's rep has kind of been, in my opinion, not, I don't want to say ruined, but tarnished in his post playing days. When he's not coaching, Singletary's really a good guy off the field. Like Harrison yeah, he took care of Buddy Ryan until the day he died. Like Harrison, I just think Harrison like like I think Harrison bought a puppy, named it Katrina, and kicked it every time it rained. Like he's just he just seems like that type <laughs> of fuck. Like he just he just seems like like he just don't care, man. Like like it, it seems like if he got caught fighting dogs, he'd be like, "That's just what we do." We That's fight how we dogs, talk. you know. And they'd be like, "Aren't you? Aren't you uh, have any remorse?" No. That's what I do. You know, and like, would be like it wasn't fighting another pit bull; it was fighting me, bitch. What? <laughs> yeah. And when the dog fight's over, I fight the last dog. <laughs> exactly. And I always win. I'm like the last guy in fucking Mortal Kombat. That's when you got to go through me. You know, like, whew, all right, dude. But here's the thing, though. Everything I've seen him in, he is extremely quiet. That's the scary part. That's the scary part, <laughs> right. Because when that ball snaps, there is nothing quiet about that man's pads. Not what? anything quiet about him. I'm, I'm telling you, when that, that Patrice O'Neal bit, like, oh, that's team that be tired, paralyzed motherfucker socks to the helmet. That's... Look inside his helmet. There's a bunch of socks. I'm telling you right now. You know, there's very few players who aren't on 
my team who I'd ever buy their jersey and rock it. I'd rock a James Harrison jersey just out of respect. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like, God damn. And it's weird because, like, I, I really like Troy Palomalu. And if you've ever seen a lot of interviews with Troy Palomalu, he was coming from almost the – he is the antithesis of James Harrison. He He's coming from, like, a spiritual, like, you know, mind, body, soul place. James Harrison's just coming from, he, like, a I want to hit you so hard your soul leaves your body place, you know? like Also, Palomalu was coming at you from 10, yard, 10 yards away – in the air, perpendicular to the ground as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Dude, Troy Palomalu was coming to you before he even walked out of the tunnel. But if you listen yeah. to him talk about... Started his, his play- jump in if the locker listen, room. If you listen to him talk about his playing days, he's like, fear is what keeps me going on the field. He's like, because at any moment, I could, I could hit somebody or somebody could hit me and I could die and they could die. Like, he, he had... It was. It's just different. Like I don't think James Harrison thinks about. Like James Harrison seems like if he hit someone and they were sitting there dying, he'd just step over and be like, "Next play." No, it absolutely. He reminds me of like a train rot or a train pit, dude. He doesn't think of nothing but that football, and wherever that football's at, that's where he's going to be. And God help you if you're the one holding it. All I know, man, is oh God, oh it's it's guys like him are becoming fewer and far between in the NFL. And and he is a throwback, man. He is a fucking throwback. Well, I mean, and Dominican Sue used to be like that, but then everybody gave him shit because he's dirty. He's dirty. He's a fucking football player. People got under his skin, grabbed his fucking ankle, grabbed his mask, grabbed his shoulder pad. So he throw a kick every now and again. So what? Oh, did I guess, I guess something we haven't talked about before we move on to picks. The hit. That 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 uh, Clowney laid on fucking oh. uh, on Brady. They had Brady looking like the drunk dude. Stop it! Oh, tried God. to stumble from the bar to the bathroom at one fifty in the morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, <laughs> first of all, who did Brady piss off on his own line? So they just let him walk through. <laughs> It was like, actually. Did Brady get fun. drunk at the Christmas party and grab one of his offensive lineman's wife asses or something? <laughs> no, it, it it was a stunt. They re, they replayed the play and I watched it. It was a stunt. It was a blitz for Clowney, and it worked perfectly. And oh my god, dude, that was just like oh Jesus, because Brady didn't. He's trying to get up. He didn't know whether to cry to the ref to get to his feet. Or to or to have someone tell him what state he was in at that point. He he was trying to do all three yeah. at once. Dude, he's that commercial. Do you know where you are? I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Here, Tom, have a Snickers. You're not yourself. You're not yourself, and you got fucked up because you, you got fucked up. Dude, you know you got better hope. Up. You got fucked up. You, you better know. hope. Dick LeBeau ain't just sitting there watching that on fucking repeat. And just fucking memorizing that shit. Game plan I mean, for it. Yeah, I mean, just because, man, that Pittsburgh D, man. I that's I guess, you notice that's one thing in Pittsburgh. You know, we, we've talked about teams and cultures. That's one thing that's never changed. I can't tell you any time. The Steel Curtain. Since, since I've been sucking oxygen, I can't tell you a time in my life when Pittsburgh has had a shitty defense. I can tell you when they haven't been winning. And they've had a crappy offense. 
but Pittsburgh and the word defense just seem to be synonymous with each other. They do, and they've always had a star linebacker. Kevin Green, for a long time before he went to Panthers, was their star linebacker. Guy was a beast. Number 91, anybody? Blonde hair, white guy? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Very, very hateful linebacker. You know? Dude, Joey uh, Porter. Yeah, Joey Porter. Joey Porter forgot that he don't play anymore to the point where he almost know, got right? arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Porter was bouncing around in a bar, and they're like, you ain't on the field, man. Calm down. <laughs> now, what was funny is that after that Texans Patriots, or uh, Texas Patriots game, excuse me, Kansas-Pittsburgh uh, game, was watching Porter trying to make peace. I'm like, Porter, okay, when Porter is the fucking Mahatma Gandhi on the field, you know tempers are flaring. I mean, dude, seriously. When he's the one jumping in between players going, come on, guys, calm down. It just, you don't, you, I never thought I'd see that, so. Yeah, it'd be like Bob Prober going, hey, guys, let's calm down. You skate over there. I'll skate over here. We'll take <laughs> yeah, some time. Let's not fight. Yeah. <laughs> Life's too short. Now you guys shake hands. <laughs> Make right. up. <laughs> Want some Coke? <laughs> Get back right, on so. your line. We'll do lines later. It's okay. Yeah, so the picks, man. I mean, let's start with the game that's not going to be the good one. Uh, Do we Green have Bay to? and Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay at Atlanta. Or Atlanta. Who's at home? I mean, it doesn't Falcons. matter. But hey, who won? Home? Who won the picks last week? Uh, we all went three for four. Okay. Uh, so it was so much more fun during the season to pick. This sucks. Because <laughs> this is hard. Oh, at the Plainfield's level for you now, there, Ice Man. Not starting four <laughs> weeks in. <laughs> uh, and I mean, this is just two hard fucking games to pick. No way for me. This for me, this NFC ain't hard to pick at all. I said it when we were talking about it before. Atlanta's defense not that great. Uh, you give that Green Bay offense any chances, they're going to make you pay. This this game's going to be a shootout because Atlanta's been getting it done all year on their high powered offense. If you, if you just look, it's just been Matty Ice just been airing it out all year. That's how they've been getting it so, done. If you look at how Atlanta's, if you look I, at how Atlanta's won all their games, they've been high scoring. Okay, and you're right. Last week it was high scoring, scored 36 points, but I do want to tell you, held Seahawks to only 20 points. Yes. That's, that's not exactly an exhausted offense. That's, that's a pretty good offense. That, yeah, that's a broken down, busted ass offense. That's this. This isn't. This isn't the Green Bay Packers. This isn't Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. Like I don't see Atlanta's defense keeping the pack at bay. Mm. So I'm going. I'm going with the pack. I. I, I don't. I. I it, this is going to be a shootout. This is absolutely pot. This is actually going to be the game to watch, Chris. Nah. Okay. Well. Excuse me. Tell us who's going to win there, Swami. I just. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Because if it comes down to the wire, Aaron Rodgers has gained my respect to say he's going to win. Uh, I'm going to do devil's advocate on him. Nice streak, kid. Had to end sometime. Going Falcons. Wow. You, you just can't pick. Me? You can't pick against. You can't pick against the Lions. Even when they're not playing. Really? Is that how this goes? No, I, this isn't how it goes. Matt Ryan has a ton of fucking weapons. No, he does. He's got 
He's got Julio Jones. And, and Devontae Freeman is definitely not having the year that he had last but, year. But he does have Devontae Freeman. And he does have Sanu. He's got people. <sighs> so so I got to break the tie. Man. I got to break the tie here. Really? The Packers are beat up. Their defense isn't what it was. Uh, well, uh, to me, this is this is simple. I'm with Chris. This is the Packers. This is I just I do not see that Falcons defense stopping Rodgers. I think Rodgers is on a roll. His focus is laser sharp at the moment. I agree. And it's not a matter of what the Falcons offense can put up against him. It's a matter of what the Falcons defense can do against him. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from. And they're, yeah. they're, they're not going to keep him at bay. I will say this. I will be shocked if this is not a high-scoring game. I do agree with Earl on that aspect. I think it oh, will be a shootout. Freaking stunned. <clears throat> exactly. If, if, if this game ends and somebody's score ends in the single digits or one of the scores start with a one, I'll be shocked. Very shocked. But when it's all said and done, I got to give it to the Packers, man. I just think, I just think that they have, when he stood up and said, I think we're going to run a table, just like Earl said, he was like, well, I don't even start about the regular season. Mm-mm. He didn't mean that. He meant straight to the Super Bowl. And he's been there before. And he's got a team that knows he's been there before. And as much as Aaron Rodgers might be an asshole off the field, he's obviously a leader to that team in the locker room and on the field. And he's proven it again and again. So give me the Packers. All right. All right. On to the game. I'm telling – man, I'm telling you this is going to be the game, man. The and this AFC. is the one that's hard to pick for me. Not me. The, the Steelers – Rolling into Foxborough. I mean, <clears throat> we'll go with the obvious one first, man. I, th- I think I've, I have stated my case for the Steelers. And to the last thing I'll just say, we, we, we get into all this analysis, all these scenarios, this, that, weapons versus weapons, blah, 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 blah. Just watch them. That's just my case for the way Pittsburgh, since November, just watch Pittsburgh play. They're machine-like. They are fucking, they are, I know this is a contradiction in terms here, but they're, they're, they're kind of subtly dominant. They got kind of like this aggressive finesse thing kind of going, just the way they've been playing the last two months. And I'm just saying, I think they sneak this one out against the Patriots. I think, again, this is a close game. I'm not going to call this a battle of the kickers. I mean, but this is going to be defense versus defense. And, you know, a a talented, beat-up offense versus just a system that's, you know, even not firing on all of its cylinders, it's still been getting things done. But I think in the end, Pittsburgh comes out the winner here. I I have been watching, and you're right. They have been pretty dominant and a machine-like. However, the machine failed to score against Kansas City the whole game. Didn't score once. You mean get into the end zone. They That's what I'm talking about. They scored. They had that offense points. did not they score. The, the special team scored. Offense didn't score. The problem you're facing is Tom Brady does get in the end zone. And it doesn't matter, and we've all established this, who he has around him. He will pick the guy to be the star. Be it Amendola, 
Edelman, whoever he has, he will make the star. He will get into that end zone, and the Patriots will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's unfortunate because they're really good. There you go, homie. You get to break the tie again. <sighs> it sucks because what I want to happen and what I think is going to happen are two different things. I really want Pittsburgh to win, but I really think it's going to be the Patriots. Um, I don't know. I, I The fact that Pittsburgh did not score an offensive touchdown and the fact that the Patriots, their the run defense has just been stupid since fucking the end of October. I, I, I And that Big Ben being banged up as he is, I don't know, man. I just, I, I think the Patriots have got something for their ass. <clears throat> I think the Patriots are better on the, I think the Patriots have a better offense, and I think they can plan for that defense if that's all they feel they have to stop. I mean, that's just, I, as good as offense as Pittsburgh has, getting into a shootout with Brady and Belichick is not the one you want to do. That's, that's like saying, saying you got fast hands, you're really powerful, but you really don't want to go toe to toe with Tyson. You really don't. It's just it's it's the Steelers to for me for the Steelers to win, they would have to dominate on the ground, and the Patriots aren't the team they can do that against. So that's that's the deciding factor on on that for me. I mean, like I said, I want Steelers to win. I think Steelers Packers would be a great Super Bowl to watch. But let's be honest, you know, Patriots Packers ain't going to be one to fucking sleep through either. So, or the Falcons and Patriots. I'm just saying. I oh god. Yeah that that would actually. I think New England would beat the fuck out of them. Like to me, the, this to me, they're they're the weakest link in the final four, man. The Falcons. Peace. Have a good one. Now I will say this. I mean, there's no way. I will say this. You heard that about the Steelers in the 2005 playoffs. You heard that about uh, the Giants in the 2007 playoffs. It's been known to happen. It's been known to happen that the so-called weakest team left has went and won it all. Do I think? Do I think? The Falcons are that team this year? No, I don't. I don't. Even if they win, even if they win, I mean, just a decisive victory against the Packers. I, I, I couldn't pick them against the Steelers or the fucking Patriots in the Super Bowl. So, well, I couldn't either. I mean, I really couldn't. But I think they got what it takes to beat Green Bay. I, I, I here's the thing: out of all four teams here, there isn't a weak link. I mean, there really isn't. Let me ask you a question: You think the Falcons would be sitting where they were? If the Seahawks defense was at a hundred percent, no, I, I don't know. Tell you that one. I mean, that is that is the what if. Game. It would have been a rough day for Julio Jones had that well, I mean, Seahawks Steven at a hundred percent. Hang on. That being said, Seahawks only scored twenty points, guys. So I mean, the Legion of Boom being a hundred percent, I don't, I don't see him still not winning. I mean, seriously. Matt, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. He can whip the ball to the people he's got to get it to. And with a, a 100%, even Earl Thomas back in the lineup, they only scored 20 points. Matt Ryan is a fucking beast when it comes to getting it to who he's got to get it to. His defense did the job. Matt Ryan just did what he, he continued to do what he you know did during the regular season. Yeah, but the Seahawks ain't the Packers. Let's be honest here. Not this well, year. The Seahawks had a shutdown corner in, in Sherman. Later we found out he's hurt, but they had a shutdown corner. Green Bay doesn't have a shutdown corner. 
When you talk about Green Bay's defense, who are you going to talk about? Matthews, who hasn't been the same after him and Peppers and and Harrison and them got called in? But you brought up another name, Peppers. Who hasn't been the same since him and Matthews and Harrison and them got called in? I mean, and again, you're talking about in, talk, stopping won a run. how many in a row? You're talking about stopping a run. They've won how many in a row? At the end of a season. The only person that they played that was trying to win anything was the Lions. And they struggled against them. They won, didn't they? Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers is a bad motherfucker. Have accepted it. Have admitted it publicly and privately. That man knows his shit and gets it done. And the pack beat the healthy Seahawks, if you recall, beginning of December. Look, all I'm saying, man, is the Falcons need a championship. Okay. You're right. Aaron Rodgers has been there a couple of times. He's got his. Matt Ryan hasn't. Burrell's a little bit hungry, man. So don't throw them away easily and say that this is a slam dunk because it ain't. And that's why I picked him. I man, think he's hungry. Just like the Dallas game, man. No, it's experience, very experience. Different. Experience is going to win here. No, you can't say that because Matt Ryan is experienced. He's experienced in playoff as well. Yeah. Dak Prescott and Zeke is the first. It's their first year. They were happy, and and following the the headlines of the the next best thing. Okay, well they got slapped in the face. Here's reality. This is the playoffs. This is what happens. Matt Ryan knows it's the playoffs. He knows what happens. And I, boss, I, this is going to be a hell of a game. Left, right, and sideways. This will be a hell of a game. I don't think an unhealthy Ben Roethlisberger with an uh, offense that can't get into the end zone an entire game against the Chiefs, is going to be that good against Pats. It could be still a decent game, but I think this game is going to be the game to watch because you got two quarterbacks, one who's on a fucking streak from hell, ready to run the table on everybody, and then you got another who's hungry as shit to get into the fucking Super Bowl, and they both have offense, you know, offensive poise to get it done. Both has shown defenses that are willing to step to the plate to back up their offense. It's going to be a hell of a game. Well, we will see. Time will tell the tale on this one. I've been talking for like the last 30 seconds. with mute on. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, too, I'm telling you, uh, but still, man, experience. This ain't the same coach Ryan's been to the playoffs with before. I'm saying, man. But if it gets down to it, you know. McCarthy's going to out-coach whoever the fuck coaches in Atlanta now. I don't even know who the hell coaches in Atlanta now. But time's going to tell the tale on this one. And speaking of time, well, it's been well, another three-hour one, huh? <laughs> Close to it. Close enough. Yes. Yeah, thanks to everyone. Hey, hey, we're streaming now. Thanks to everyone who's been listening. Uh, we are on TuneIn.com, Shoutcast, uh, or you can just go to ChristopherMedia.net, click on, on the player there. Uh, last three episodes uh, that that been uploaded to the network, uh, you can sit there and listen to them. So maybe you're sitting on the desktop at work. Maybe, I don't know, you don't like autonomy. <laughs> and you just want to listen to the, you know, you want to listen to the uh, same three podcasts. Maybe you're a fan of three different podcasts. All right, you want to hear them all in a row? You can check that out. Uh, we are on, of course, iTunes. Uh, Google Play Podcasts on social media at Sporty Podcast for Twitter uh, at Sporty underscore podcast on Instagram. There's a Facebook page. You, you should look it up, find it, like it, 
we can actually start building that motherfucker. But uh, with that being said, I thank you for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next week. All right, later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.